Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this the month of May in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio show, an excursion into whimsy. Greetings. It is May 18th, 2009. It is Monday. If you would like to uh, get in touch with us today, it is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or nibbler at kufo.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming up inside today's show, we have Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, who will talk about the uh, top five films uh, at the box office this weekend. Uh, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles because, so I guess that uh, the woman in that in that uh, that MySpace hoaxing thing, Lori Drew, I think her name was, was the whole thing where the mom pretended to be a teenage boy who then befriended the girl who then offed herself. It was that whole weird, creepy story that came out. So I guess they're actually going to sentence her today. And they may have, I'm not sure, I think they may have actually already done it or it's coming up this morning. It's so, coming up this morning. It's coming up this morning. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop about that. And we'll do the uh, top five zombie songs as we wrap up ZombieCon PDX, which happened over the weekend. So on Friday we had Aaron Duran here. He did the top five uh, zombie films. And then we had the Zombie Film Festival and the Zombie Prom. And how many times can I say zombie in the course of 30 seconds, I ask you? So top five zombie songs. Uh, coming up today, my friends, my amigos, my chums. It is 503-228-4101. Also, I hold in my hands the coolest thing we've given away and probably... I would say this is, and I think Tim Riley would agree with this assessment, this is this is one of the best things we've had to give away in, in just in months. It's just awesome. That's the only description for it. So I'll tell you what that is in just a few minutes. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 4101, playing through the pain as she always does. We are joined today by the lovely and talented, never more so than today, by the way, Sarah X. Dillon. Hello there. How are you? Oh, man. I feel like someone like cut a golf ball and put one on either side of my throat. That's fantastic. My glands are totally swollen. Nothing like swollen glands to begin a new week. <laughs> Seriously, I know I woke up this morning. I'm just like, oh, I, could, um, I haven't really been able to fit anything down through my throat to eat because it's just like so swollen so i've been drinking a lot of water it's mononucleosis monday Ooh. on the rick emerson show thank you for joining us i think it's zombie prom that did me in i was gonna say you've come down with the the zombie the zombie flu because every this the, the whole weekend was just i mean i guess it's i guess it's different for you because you're kind of a social creature by definition and i'm well, it was like it was, it was um pool and zombies I'm sorry. Much. Pool and zombies. It was just nothing but sun and uh, and and just sun and then sort of one zombie event uh, after another all weekend mm. because we had 
Uh, the first annual ZombieCon PDX, which uh, KUFO and the Rick Emerson Show are very proud to present. So we'll talk more about that as the uh, as the day goes on. Uh, and then I have, um, I don't know if I got it posted yet. I'll have a, I have a fantastic photo f- of Sarah and myself from the zombie prom. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'll get that posted uh, later on the day. I do want to say real quickly thank you to everybody who came out to the Zombie Film Festival and to the Zombie Prom, both of which happened over the course of the weekend. It was. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some specific things that happened. Over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it were just it was it was quite a, it was quite a weekend. It really was. It was uh, it was one of those weekends that really does make you appreciate what a great uh, what a great city uh, we live in, my friends. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is five oh five. It's still going to be close to eighty degrees today, but cooling off tomorrow. Top of the news, John Krieger, Milwaukee, lucky to be alive after plunging some 500 feet from Mount Hood over the weekend. He was with a group of 40 at the top of the fall from the 10,000-foot level. Krieger knocked unconscious and has leg, arm, and facial injuries. He was flown to OHSU aboard an Oregon National Guard helicopter. A 22-year-old Portland man drowned over the weekend in the fast-moving Sandy River. Kirk Alexander swimming with friends near the bridge in, let's see, Sandy when he was caught in the swift current. An explosion and fire at a Beaverton PGE plant leaves 16,000 without power on the hottest day of the year so far. Ouch. It's fantastic. The fire broke out shortly after 3 yesterday afternoon at the plant at Shoals Ferry Road and Murray Boulevard as Beaverton baked in 80-degree temperatures. A Castle Rock, Washington teacher accused of sexting. You know the newest fad with the teens send explicit sexual messages to each other? Do I ever. Well, it wasn't teen on teen this time. It was teacher on teen. Well, Dustin King, charged with communicating with a minor for moral purposes, is bail set at $40,000. Jesus, what did I see on, on Friday? It was another one of those like made-up terms. It wasn't sexting. Oh, now it's going to bug me. I should have written it down. But it was it was like sexting, but it was like three syllables long. I saw it on the front of you, and it was like, is your teen, blah, 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 blah. And then they managed to insert the word uh, sex into this this completely unrelated word at some point. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go dig it up. All right, that's fantastic. At the box office over the weekend, Angels and Demons, forty-eight million dollars in first place. Second place goes to Star Trek with forty-three, and down at the very bottom is Jennifer Anderson with the Portland-made management movie, bringing in a grand total of three hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars. Well, we know someone who starred in that. Who's right? the real star of that film, Tim? I don't know. It's not me. The Let me car? try that again. Who's the real star of that film, Tim? Um. Uh, Steve's on. It's your automobile. Well, yes, it's it's in the first scene. So well, it was and it was... got plenty of FaceTime, at least thirty <laughs> seconds. As Steve I... Zahn is driving up to the parking lot in front of uh, the Shanghai restaurant where they filmed that, right in Aloha. See, I know that occasionally you all, uh, I mean, because really, even Sarah, how many have you only been cut out of the one film since uh, since you've been in Portland? Yeah, but I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure I was cut out, but I never saw. I'm it. cut out of everything made in Portland and elsewhere. <laughs> the music, music of the heart, you were cut out of. Tim was cut out of Music of the Heart and Management. Yes. But, I mean, it, it, all things incrementally. And so the appearance of your car in Management, which, would you say, you did see that over the weekend, did you not? I did. Would you say it's a fine film? It, it's a fine film if the video store is empty of, to, of any other titles <laughs> in which to rent. So if you if it is post-nuclear apocalypse and you're stuck in your fallout shelter and that's the only thing around, then maybe it's worth watching? I guess so. They did film in Aberdeen. And they showed entering Aberdeen, and somebody, I don't know if it's the real sign or somebody just painted it, we miss you, Kurt Cobain, oh, the on real the entering sign. Aberdeen sign. The real sign says, come as you are. Okay. Does it really? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. And they that's... also walked by a music store that said Kurt Cobain bought his first guitar here. That's just sad. That's just depressing. And let's just because let's not gild the legal. Aberdeen sucks. Aberdeen is the worst place on earth. And I, look, I apologize if anybody out there is from uh, Aberdeen, Washington. It's a bad place. Growing up in Aberdeen is, I mean, it's like growing up in Chehalis, uh, but without any of the right, without any of the real fun upscale uh, sections that make Chehalis such a great place to live. And, and naturally, I did spot one continuity mistake because this is the early scenes, which were filmed in Madras, by the way, with the sleazy hotel actually Madras, but it's supposed to be Arizona. And so they show this guy in this motel in Arizona with a bag of Tim's Cascade potato chips next to him, which are not available down there. Oh, that's right, Tim. you got a keen eye for ge- uh, detail is what you have there. Yep. That's what sets the news desk here at CBS Radio Portland apart from uh, from uh, mere pretenders. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get caught up around the corner. A 17-year-old boy who attempted to rob an Internet cafe with a concealed banana ate the weapon before he was arrested. They say John Swalla entered the store in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, brandishing a banana underneath his T-shirt and demanded money hey, from now. the clerk. The store owner and the patron grabbed him and called police, but the teenager ate the weapon before the authorities arrived. He's he's charged with destroying evidence. Hey, is that a banana in your pocket? Or oh, it's a banana. Oh, you're here to rob in your me. Pocket. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, uh, KUFO. Uh, straight ahead, we will talk more about the zombie prom from this weekend, and I will get that. Uh, I'll get that photograph. And then we have to tell, and you know exactly the story I'm talking about. We have to tell the story about the guy in the large costume. And the sort yes. of debacle that ensued. So on the way, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The new record just came out. 21st Century Breakdown. This is Green Day with Longview. The Rick Emerson Show. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. And by mere moments, we mean now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Monday morning. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, we have more news with Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and as we speak, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the photograph from the zombie prom uh, posted. Have I, I seen this one? It'll be up at rickemerson.com. I think so. Uh, your friend Lisa uh, had this posted on her uh, my her my space page, so I took it from there. I'm getting it to put up at rickemerson.com right now. So this, uh, if you went to the zombie prom over the weekend, and we uh, ran into a whole lot of listeners there, uh, including a guy named Sam, with whom uh, we spent much time, and it's all a little bit of a blur. And I wasn't even necessarily I wasn't even drinking. But I think by the time the zombie prom finished on Saturday night, Sunday morning, which would have been in around, I think I left that place, Boston Nova, at like one thirty a.m. or something. Yes, it was really late. And I and I think I remember making the observation to somebody as we were leaving that it, it, typically I would be getting up for work in about an hour. And I, by the time I got home, it was and because my wife was gone all weekend. So my wife spent the weekend in Eugene where she was just uh, surrounded by uh, godless uh, stinking hippies, which is fine because I was, you know, I was kind of busy every single day. So on Saturday, Tim and Sarah and myself go to we uh, go to the Hollywood Theater for the Zompire Film Festival, which was glorious, uh, you know, in its own way, because it was just an entire audience of people that were dressed as zombies or vampires or zombie vampires. Mm-hmm. So we went there and we kind of did a howdy and hello and you know talked to you know talked to everybody who came out. Then Sarah and I go to the prom, which was which was great, but it was just so surreal. It um, was really weird and awesome. I feel like I walked into a movie because it was and it is now. If you go to rickemerson.com, by the way, you can see this photograph of uh, Sarah Dillon, myself, and then uh, Sarah's hot friend Lisa. And by hot, I mean covered in blood. It, it started at like I don't know eight o'clock or so, but we got there around ten o'clock on Saturday night. 
And it was already a little surreal feeling just because it was relatively late in the evening for us since we kind of started the morning show where I just, you know, I've been going to bed at like 930 or 10. So the fact that I was going someplace that started at 10 o'clock meant that I was already a little mentally off kilter. Plus, you add into the fact that it's dark inside. There's a metal band playing at top volume when we get there. And then there's like 700 people who are all dressed in, you know, as zombies. And the band themselves are dressed like zombies. I felt like I, I walked into some, like... Un- like you're in hell. It was weird. And, like, people are, like, slowly dancing. And, like, there's a stage. Like, there are people going crazy on the stage. Like, I just stood there for 10 minutes just taking it all in. It was like walking into that weird... Uh, it was like walking into that weird tribal g- grinding sequence in, in the second Matrix film or whatever. And it's that occasionally I would just sort of look around and go, like, where am I? You know what it was? It was like being... It was like going to some sort of a rave, but it, but it, like populated solely by people from the from the end of the Beetlejuice film, where it's everywhere you go, there's you know guys with huge like head wounds coming totally up and going, "Hey, would you like a gin and tonic?" And meanwhile, the, his brain is falling out of the front of his head. It was all very very strange. So if you go to rickemerson.com right now, you can see the photograph of uh, Sarah and myself along with uh, her friend Lisa, all outfitted for the zombie prom. And I had this uh, grand scheme where I was going to go as an undead uh, Mormon missionary. But I couldn't dig up my Mormon missionary costume, so I ended up just doing the typical, like, jeans and a button-up shirt, which you realize in retrospect was fantastic and, and great anyway, because once you get covered in blood, that's just, you know, everything, it's a bit of a wash at that point. And also, I came to this realization at about, I don't know, 9 o'clock that no matter how good I looked, I wasn't going to look at the, There were going to be people there who've been working on their zombie costume for, like, six months, mm-hmm. and so I was going to be outshined regardless, so I just kind of went with it. Including a guy who was, in fact, a, zomb- uh, a zombie SpongeBob SquarePants, and it's, uh, Sarah and I were so freaky looking ch- judging this zombie costume contest at the end of the night, and it started late, so it was like one in the morning. Everybody Everyone is plastered. Trashed. Oh yeah, there's hundreds of people, and everywhere you look, there's like somebody with a two by four sticking out of the front of their face, or somebody who's got a nail gun wound, and, you know, and, and of course they're all uh, you know covered in this horrific like gory makeup. And everyone is drunk, and it's loud, and it's dark, except for these weird sort of flashing spotlights that are aimed at the stage. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you're standing up there between a guy who's an undead SpongeBob SquarePants and a woman who's an underwater zombie covered in barnacles. And it's kind of at that moment you realize why you don't do drugs. Because otherwise, I mean, because it was it was so disconcerting. I can't imagine if I'd had any sort of chemical influence going on as well. I think I might have had a full-on uh, nervous breakdown, especially... When at one point the guy who's in the zombie SpongeBob SquarePants, which is a phrase that you don't ever think you're going to use yeah. in your life, at one point the guy who's in the zombie SpongeBob outfit, I think he was decides to break free of his shackles. He was, I think he was drunk enough and uh, and and just feeling out of it enough that he was suddenly overwhelmed by claustrophobia and he had to get out of the costume. So I'm looking over in the to my left, of the costume contest. and it was like some yeah, it was like some strange undead molting was happening. Where suddenly was like, I gotta get out of this thing. And I look over. And there was a and, drunk chick holding him up, and they both kept almost knocking me off the stage. I'm like, oh, get me out of here. And so it's, I don't know if it's online now, but there will be at some point, there will be video that is of Sarah, who is wearing a prom dress and has blue hair and is spattered in blood, and myself, and I'm green, and my eyes are all bloody, and I've got, uh, you know, like these sort of blood wound things all over the front of me. We're standing there next to a guy in a SpongeBob outfit, also covered in blood. He's being held up by a woman covered in barnacles with an axe in her head. And then at some point, the guy in the costume just says, I need to get out of this SpongeBob outfit. And he just, like a, like a hole opens in the side of it, and, like a, and he just comes out of it. 
So it was like this weird. Yeah, he was like birthed out of SpongeBob's face. Uh, that's like, exactly what I was going to say. It was just like this weird. And it falls off the stage. <laughs> like, like, like zombie Vishnu in hell thing where a human was coming out of the side of a zombie SpongeBob outfit. And that's the moment, I think, where uh, I would have, in fact, suffered like a cerebral collapse had I been in any way sort of psychically unbalanced at oh, that yeah. point. So I'm just saying for I think it was it was really for the for the best in every way that I was that I was sober, because otherwise it would have just been too much to take. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Tim Riley, um, let's do some headlines here. And then coming up, we will uh, we'll flush it out and do fully formed news segments. What stories are we uh, following on this Monday? A Washington County woman is injured when a burning pile of trash explodes. Nine were arrested in a Ben prostitution sting. And a classic hot rod is stolen in southwest Washington. All right, that is all in the way. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And again, you can go to uh, rickemerson.com right now if you want to check out that photograph of, uh, of the three of us. It is awesome, by the way. It's rickemerson.com. This is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show, where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Impregnating a dragon. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I know I say this a lot, but that doesn't make any sense, what just played there. Where Tim says, impregnating a dragon. That almost sounds like Brent took different words from different sentences and made an entirely new sentence out of it. Well, there can be misunderstandings, I suppose. I guess, but it's like there's that one there's that one that plays. We call that a rejoin, by the way. That's a, a little uh, produced liner that plays after the commercial break, but before the show has gotten underway again. And it says, you know, here we are. Here's the show starting again. Welcome back, whatever. But there's that one where I, I say something like, you know, I'm a bad little girl, which I... I can almost get like I was saying that as you know as someone else, or I was you know that it was it was my depiction of how so, something might have might have been uttered by somebody in a story. I I just don't understand why we would have been talking about dragons, much less the impregnating of same, and why Tim would have been the one using that phrase. I mean, it just makes no sense at all. But it apparently happened at some point. Well, I almost just came close to another misunderstanding online. At I usually check the local TV station sites, including Coin, mm-hmm. which is Coin dot com, and I. Mistakenly substituted the K for an L and got loin.com. Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> pornographic website. So Loin. So if any of the uh, IT people see that, it was just a mistake of one letter. I did not go to loin.com. Well, but even if you did. No, but here, as we've established with the CBS Radio uh, Behavioral uh, Handbook, you are allowed to do whatever you want here in the studio, Tim. Yeah. It's only when you leave the hallowed walls of this broadcasting booth that you get into trouble for those sorts of things. So if we were to walk down and like, do it like, like, at, uh, like at, at my desk or mm-hmm. at any of these at the desks upstairs, that's the thing that the HR department, kind of, like you, you know, you get off the air and there's a guy standing there with a stack of forms for you to sign, and then they take your key card away. You're here in the studio. You could look up. Uh, you could look full up, full on snuff films up online here. Well, I think I will. I mean, just if you have like slack moments to kill or something. Like I have those. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> Loin in the news with Tim Riley. I don't even know what a loin is, by the way. Maybe the ratings would pick up if they changed it to loin6.com. No, we all know that's not true. Here's Tim Riley. The pilot and co-pilot of a small plane safe after making an emergency landing in Washington County's Gale Creek or next to it. Neither were hurt. Somebody mistakenly parked a pickup truck too close to the runway where the plane was supposed to land, panicking the pilot. He opted to land in a nearby field who wouldn't. 
Oh, by the way, it's going to be a little bit cooler today, only in the upper 70s. It hit 85 over the weekend. Hot, 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 but it will cool off by tomorrow. The Rose Festival is struggling to find sponsors. There's a quarter of a million dollar hole after 30% of last year's benefactors decided to say no thanks to this year's festivities. Here's an example. Washington Mutual's six-figure commitment dried up when the bank went under. Well, that would... I think one would sort of naturally lead to the other. Hey, we won't be able to sponsor the Rose Festival this year because we don't exist as anymore. Such anymore. We're gone. We're, we, we're vanished. A uh, 63-year-old Southeast Portland man charged with shooting an acquaintance during a fight over the weekend. Richard Young's bail said at $250,000. The 28-year-old victim was hit in the arm. Let's back up uh, for a minute okay. to talk about the Rose Festival thing again. Mm-hmm. So when you say that these the, the, these businesses, the advertisers aren't going to be able you know, to, to sort of, they're not going to be there to advertise or to underwrite the Rose Festival. Correct. I don't even, maybe this makes me a bad Portlander, but I don't even understand how that would work. In other words, let's take the example of Washington Mutual for a moment. Advertising, promotion, but I mean, product what, placement, whatever. But, but where at? In all the advertising. Oh, so, so is that just sort of like whenever you would see you like see a... banners and things? When you would see like a print ad or something for the Rose Festival and it would just but have they, the Washington Mutual logo? Right, they, they pay some of the bills for this too. Well, this wouldn't be like at a parade or something where there's like a giant debit card like walking in the street and waving at children or something. No, that could be too, yes. All right, okay. Hey, did you see that the Rose Festival, the, the, that, uh, the Rose Festival committee is going to be using that McCall's place, which is downtown in the park... Oh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, the that, green building? Yeah, that uh, because it's McCall's restaurant, but I don't even think that place is open anymore. I think No, the, it the, isn't. The actual restaurant's been closed for because that building is just such a rattle trap. It's been falling apart. So the Rose Festival Committee uses that building, and as part of agreeing to take over that building from the city, they demanded that the city allow them to put, like, a gigantic neon rose on top of it. So there's going to be this huge neon rose sign which, by the way, is in violation of any number of city ordinances and codes and which they are putting up illegally because they circumvented the city process for doing so. Because uh, the city just decided to grab their ankles about that. I so. love corruption. Yes. Well, I guess the mayor's busy with other things. I'm a big fan of it myself, Tim. Mm-hmm. I just wish that we were powerful enough to engage in it. I wish that we had the sort of clout where we could just have graft happening constantly on the show. Here's Tim Riley. Time for a clergy watch. Here's your clergy watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. This comes to us from Woodhaven. Does it really? <laughs> That's what it says here, Woodhaven. Uh, <laughs> a downriver police a priest in Woodhaven is expected to be sentenced June 4th after pleading no contest to a reduced charge of disorderly conduct stemming from an indecent exposure complaint filed by a waitress. The Reverend Roger Knapp, a pastor of St. Vincent's Catholic Church of Gibraltar, this is in uh, Michigan, was accused of fondling himself at Amigo's restaurant in Woodhaven. That girl's a real Woodhaven. I believe you So Knapp told police he was uh, wiping salsa off his pants. <laughs> like you do. Repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It just keeps spilling. They didn't buy it. They have suspe- uh, sufficient information saying otherwise, so it ended up uh, being a charge, says the Woodhaven police chief. Michael Martin. Uh, according to police reports, the waitress had seen the man in the restaurant several times, and he would pursue conversations with her that contained sexual overtones. On the afternoon of March 26th, the waitress was not waiting on Nap, but she had to walk by his table. She saw Nap rubbing himself. Later, he allegedly exposed himself. She told another employee, witness part of the act, a third employee obtained the man's license plate number. 
Parishioners are being told that Father Knapp requested personal time to take care of a matter before him. Yes, I think he was already taking care of a matter before him, Tim. That's uh, that's that's the issue. And did you ever like? Let me ask you this: Do you ever do that, that thing where you do you do get some like? Uh, I had this. I think it was like last Thursday, last Wednesday, or whatever. We have these little individually sealed coffee creamers here, where it's not like the it's not the powder. And it, but it's not the large jar. It's not like the large coffee made thing we have in the fridge here. It's the tiny little individual, like they have at Sherry's, you know, restaurant or whatever. Yes. And occasionally you'll open one of those, but because the body of the creamer container is very, very thin plastic, it's easy to hold it tightly enough that you are compressing it and putting the contents under pressure. And then when you open the lid, it kind of goes, and it just sort of goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it always seems to splatter in, in just the worst. Like, it's right in the middle of your shirt, always when you're wearing black. Or then on the front of your pants. And sometimes you'll notice it, and sometimes you don't. And if you don't notice it right away, then you look down, and you got this weird, uh, you got this kind of, like, crusted, splattery substance you got to clean off yourself. But then you have the internal debate about... All right, like if it's on your pants, for example. Like if I clean the front of my pants, I am then going to have a huge wet spot in the front of my pants. And so is it worth the long-term benefit of my trousers being clean if the short-term problem is that I'm going to have a huge, like, wet circle, uh, you know, like on the front of my, you know, like on my the thigh of my pants or something? Especially, here's the other thing, because if you're at work, Almost always, if you're at work, the only choice you have when it comes to cleaning something off your clothing is to use either, like, toilet tissue or paper towels or Kleenex, which then means you get that thing where there's, like, the the tiny little white granules of paper towel that are just sort of rubbed all over your front of your clothing. And so then when it actually is no longer wet, you still have this weird whitish circle uh, that is all over the, uh, you know, your front. So I'm just saying, maybe the priest is dealing with something that has plagued all of us, Tim. That's a relatable problem. And that is your clergy watch. There's your clergy watch for Monday. It's the Rick Emerson Show, Rock 101 KUFO. Because I got to have faith. All right, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and when we come back, I'll, uh, we'll talk about this giveaway that we have here. And Tim and I were talking about this before the show, actually. We're going to give away uh, something fantastic today. So we'll talk more about that. And uh, because uh, Tim and Sarah and I are all so terrible at 20 questions, we'll have Greg Nibbler come in and join us here in a few. And uh, we'll talk about this guest that we have been offered. And we'll see if he can uh, deduce who it is before we reveal it. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is Muse. Rick Emerson, show on Rock 101 KUFO, Portland. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday. It's 503-228-4101. All the chairs in the studio broken? That's fantastic. Awesome is what that is. You can uh, email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler at KUFO.com. Speaking of uh, Greg Nibbler, he'll join us here in uh, just one moment. So I hold here in my hands... The most recent guest offering uh, of note that we've received, and so I, I and because uh, Tim and Sarah and I are also terrible at twenty questions, uh, we're going to see if uh, if Greg can uh, if Greg can correctly surmise who it is. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is that this is somebody we, we will be able to get. I'm just saying they, because what they do is they will they will take a guest who has a certain amount of availability, like they'll you know the guest will block out. It's like a junket, basically. You get a guest who will block out like two hours of their day, and they'll just sit in a room with like a headset on. And they'll just do one radio station after another for like eight, nine, ten minutes. And they'll do 
you know, they, they'll do like uh, 10 or 12 of those in a row, and then they're kind of done. And so those slots tend to fill up pretty quickly. I should, I, I can actually say now, now that it, it clearly didn't happen and probably isn't going to happen anytime in the future, Sarah and I were really hot on the uh, hot on the trail of Jerry Springer uh, about, what, a week, 10 days ago, something like that? Yes. And Jerry Springer had some limited availability, and like the instant I got the email about, was, would your station be inter- inter- interested in talking to Jerry Springer? And I was like, yes. And I said to Sarah, like with an all caps response, like, we must make this happen. Bring me Jerry Springer. Um and man, we worked for like two, three days trying to lock down Jerry Springer for the show because it seems like one of those things that it's just, it's, it's fate. It's supposed to happen. It's destiny, Sarah. Uh, and so it, it will happen at some point, but it, it did not happen last week. And so this guest is the same, but it's it's not really whether or not we actually get this guy on the show. It's just the idea. It's the idea that he's being offered. And then it's that, and it's the company that is pitching him actually has these sort of, it, has these sort of ancillary guests that they offer as like consolation prizes. Okay. So we'll uh, so we'll get to that here in just a moment. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on your Monday morning. All right. Well, apparently a Hillsborough County woman got hurt after a burning pile exploded. Hillsborough County cops, uh, make that Benton County cops, are investigating a cross burning on the lawn of a woman who has an African-American son. And a pilot and co-pilot are safe after making an emergency landing in Washington County. And uh, there you go. It's uh, 503-228-4101. And we'll also talk about this giveaway that we've got uh, coming up today, which is, uh, which is righteous. So I'll put that right here. And if I haven't mentioned this recently, you got to go to rickemerson.com because the photograph of Sarah Dillon, myself, and Sarah's hot friend Lisa uh, from the zombie prom, that is up there uh, right now, the three of us uh, who are all uh, zombified. So I want to thank Sarah and Lisa for doing my makeup, by the way, because I just, I like time sort of got away from me. And so I got over to Lisa's house sort of late and I said, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I just got here, and here's my zombie costume. I don't even know what I'm supposed to look like. And so I'm kind of putting on these, je- you know, these jeans and a T-shirt. And by the time, I mean, it was maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, and I was completely done. You guys had completely finished up uh, my makeup, which was, uh, and it really did look great. And then we get there, and it was just, it was so unbelievably surreal, which I guess is a redundant thing to say. But it was like 700 people, all of whom are dressed as corpses in various states no, of weird. decomposition. Um, and a, gross. Some of the people looked really, really gross. It was really off-putting in the best possible way. So that was the Bossa Nova. That was the zombie prom, which happened on Saturday as part of uh, ZombieCon PDX. So thanks to everybody who came out for that. Uh, among the people who joined us there that night was Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant. Hello there. Uh, hello. You know, I couldn't figure out, by the way, uh, when we were there at the zombie prom Saturday... Um, I, I couldn't quite put it together in my head why everybody was dressed like Captain Steubing for the love boat. And then I realized that the theme, you know, just like proms have a theme, of course, the zombie prom had a theme, and they were doing a little Back to the Future riff. So it was Enchantment Under the Undead Sea, which I had sort of forgotten about, and I kept wondering... Why everyone had, like, barnacles and starfish sticking out of their heads? Well, not only that, but it was like everywhere I looked was a sea captain with that kind of, you know, the, the, that guy, the, and again, I go back to the love boat, that quintessential sea captain hat where it's like the captain and Tennille, where it's like the, you know, it's like the cap with the brim and then the gold uh, braid on top. And I kept wondering if that was like if that was a thing that the kids just were really into right now. That's when you realize that you've gotten old. Is that I couldn't quite figure out why everybody had the love boat captain outfit on, and I found myself wondering if that was a thing that the that, that the youth were just like it was a new it's trend or something. The kids. Well, you know, like they were into like the kids were all into ninjas a couple years ago, and then last year the kids were all into pirates. And I kept thinking, well, apparently they're all into looking like Gavin McLeod from the Love Boat. Who, who knows? Those those darn those darn you know the scamps. So uh, so Greg and his lovely wife Katie were there looking uh, looking adorable. I might add. By the, the way, they were so cute. Um, <laughs> so 
All right, so Greg, I have here in my hand. This is a uh, a guest offering that has been sent to us. And right. I won't say the company or anything. Uh, so again, there's no guarantee that we'll be able to uh, to lock this guy down. But they have they have offered us the possibility of interviewing this guy. So now, in twenty questions or fewer, Greg Nibbler, uh, please to identify this guest that we have been offered. Okay. Now, just to clarify, are these yes or no questions, or can I ask like? Is this an entertainer? Or no, is it's, this a, a, it's yes or no. Yes you or got, no, well, strictly. Or okay. another, not even yes or no, but like either or. You know? So I can go either or. So you can say male, female. Okay. I, isn't that how, isn't that yes. how it works? Yeah, because usually, yeah, you can give. But it's got to be a binary way. question. It's got to okay. be narrowing it down. In other words, it can't be a fill in the blank. Okay, all right, all right. So uh, is this an entertainer or is this a politician? Entertainer. Entertainer. Musician or actor? Uh, musician. Musician, okay. Um... And I already know they're male because you already said that. Um, have they released anything? So so obviously they're out on tour. So uh, have they released something within the last six months? You're way better at this than any of us, by wow, the way. Just like <laughs> totally prepared notes. And like stuff. right out of the gate, uh, it, you're, uh, you're impressive. Have they released anything within the last six months? Um, uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe, but I, I'm not okay. aware of it. I'm guessing, I'm guessing if they have, it almost doesn't count because uh, none of us you know, have heard of it. Hmm. All right, so nothing in the last six months. Um, are they multi-talented? In other words, are they? Uh, do they do something besides being a musician? Um, yes, yes, but with the with the um, with the corollary that you primarily know them for music. For music, okay. I mean, they have done other things, but that's not why you know them. Okay, that's not why we know them. Uh, do they have a TV show right now? Um. They are okay. I'll say this, Rick. You have to tell me who it is, so that way I can help you answer. the The promotion is for an upcoming TV show, <laughs> so that's a, so I'll say that's a yes because the promotion is for an upcoming TV show. Okay. And, and that person has been on TV shows. What did they have their own show? Ah, uh, uh, no, they were part. Yeah. They had they were part of a show. They were part of an ensemble show at one point. That's right. But they are promoting their own TV show. Is it Vince Neil? No, no, and that, and that does count as a question. So that's uh, right. uh, that's six. All right, all right, that's six questions. Okay, um, so they're part of an ensemble show. Was this a celebrity show? Yes, celebrity. Did you just make that term up, or is that an existing television? Term? Unfortunately, I actually know that is a real term. Celebrity. Yes. All right. Is there lots yes. of reality TV at the Nibbler household? Uh, no, but there is some on demand, and uh, yes, unfortunately, there is. Okay. I, I do all watch right. a lot of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, was this show on the air, the reality show on the air within the last year? No, not well, not not Maybe this in person's. Reruns. Yeah, Maybe and, in reruns, but not new run. Not this person's era. No. Okay, seven, seven. Hmm. Okay, so this person is a musician. Was this person famous? Did this person first become famous in the eighties? Uh, mm. I mean, had some success in the eighties. Uh, the major breakthrough success came in the nineties. It was like early 90s, wasn't it like 91, 92? Yeah, yeah. Really? Some, some hits in the late 80s, but really everybody knows them because of their, because of their early 90s. Stuff. Okay, so this person was part of a band, not just solo. Uh, Bill is a solo performer. Solo, okay. Uh, rock and roll? No. Okay, dang this. Okay, now it's getting a little harder. Um, so there's a TV show coming out that they are promoting. Let me think about this. So, uh, and they came to prominence in the 90s. Just to recap here, musician, we're on a TV show, celebrity reality show. 
Um, can I just say that your 20 question skills are impressive because you're actually keeping notes and you're sort of, I can see you winnowing it down in your head. And the fact that already that out of the gate, you knew it was uh, a man because you'd heard me say that you'd, you'd filed that fact away. This is why none of us can ever, uh, can ever do this mm. because we never actually pay any attention to it. We just sort of plunge and then we get, and then, we, and then Sarah, for example, Sarah's pathology with 20 questions is to get like two clarifying questions in and then just begin guessing at the person. So she'll say, is it a man? Yes. Uh, is this a, uh, is he over the age of 30? Yes. Is it Mr. Hooper from Sesame Street? No, no, it's that. Is it, uh, is, is it, uh, is it, uh, Harry Morgan from MASH? No. Is it uh, Jamie Farr from MASH? And so just immediately just be going, going to the names. Okay, we'll do one, let's do one yeah, more no, here at the moment. Like a clarifying question about the person. A clarifying yeah. question? Like, okay. That okay. might help you. So you're at, you're at nine now. You can. Okay, clarifying question about the person. Um, well, let me think. I mean, I, okay, so we're at early 90s, not rock and roll. Were they, uh, was this like a one-hit wonder type of person? Technically, no, but there is one hit that, that, uh, that outshines all the others. Oh, man. All right, so you're halfway done. I'll, you, okay. I'll let you ponder that. Okay. I'll okay. let you ponder let me... that. We'll do, the other, uh, we'll do the other half here in a bit. So you're at 10 of your 20 questions. Okay. All right. Techn- according to Billboard, not a one-hit wonder, but there is one hit that comes to mind when you think of this person. Okay. I'll put it that way. All, all right. right. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley. And uh, Jim Roop will join us from Los Angeles later on to talk about that MySpace uh, harassment case that Lori Drewelman gets a sentence today. She'll get hers one way or the other, I imagine. It's 503-228-4101. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. And this is Incubus. Hey, check out my tees here. Hey, coming up, Sarah Dillon's going to make me feel her glands live on the radio. I swear to God, we're going to do that. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show, where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Impregnating a dragon. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO. Coming up later on this morning, we have Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, who runs down the weekend box office. Also, we'll be giving away, now it can be told, giving away a copy of Max Fleischer's two-disc DVD collection of Superman from 1941-1942. Yay. That is the Max Fleischer Superman 1941-1942 two-disc collection on DVD. I hope it's the original one. It is. Uh, w- Tim, let me read you the copy points here, yeah. which will clarify that. Faster than a streak of lightning, more powerful than the pounding surf. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing stranger from Krypton, the Man of Steel, Superman, featuring 17 action-packed vintage theatrical cartoons on DVD. The official release also features remastered original film elements from the Warner Brothers vault. Good. So this is actually, this does appear to be the original Fleischer cartoons from 4142. Because there's another version out there where some idiot <laughs> added modern sound effects to try to modernize it and they stick out like a sore thumb and you can't hear the dialogue because somebody has added these modern sound effects well, so the kids today will like it more when you say modern sound effects what what do you mean Is louder it... explosions and uh electronic noises over uh, things well, that's no good no it's no good no and that's and you can't because you can't really tell vintage sound effects when you hear them because they have I, I don't even. Th- Here's a question. I don't so even it's know supposed they... to make it more palatable to today's youth. To I today's youth, yeah. well, because of the short attention span and whatnot that people have today, Tim, one yeah, has I to suppose. pander to them. So my question, though, is: 
Like, where do they even get sound effects back then? Like, when you would listen to an old radio show, like, let's say you listen to the... They made them. Well, but, but some of those you can make, like hand claps or footprints or glass breaking or something. If you listen to the War of the Worlds and there's, uh, like, an ex- like, a big explosion, where was that coming from? When you Transcription would... record. They were, they were able to record on records back then. So if they, uh, so if uh, you're listening to a live radio drama of some kind, and they said, and suddenly, you know, our boys overseas are confronted by a series of bombs dropped mm-hmm. by the enemy, and you hear the the explosions, that's coming off uh, vinyl or something. Yeah. Or off, mm-hmm. All right, they were able to do that back then. I guess I never really thought about that. There was an engineer kind of queuing up sound effects on record. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Well, I bet you bet you can't wait any day now. Yes, any day now. Oregon's Attorney General John Kroger. Kroger. Will announce the results of his investigation into whether or not Portland Mayor Sam Adams broke the law. That's broke the law in his sexual relationship with a teenager. That's any day now. And we'll have it as soon as we find out. So this is... But this is not the recall thing. This is just the attorney general saying whether or not that he believes that there was a, a law, law broken. broken. So now if there was, here's a dumb question. So if there was a law broken, then uh, I wonder what happens then. So now then if, he will be charged with something. He'll be charged. But then is there like a trial or is it or is it like a, an impeachment? Is it a criminal trial or is it he just is or do they have a trial to remove him from office? I don't know how this, how this I, I works. would imagine it be a grand jury type of thing. But I mean, but you see what I'm saying? Like, is this sort of uh, is it in other words, is it a political trial or a, a, a criminal trial in the sense that like, say, Bill Clinton, well, it, for example, it, it depends on what type of crime has been broken. So if uh, so, like with Bill Clinton, they uh, Ken Starr did the investigation. And I, I hate to draw that comparison because then it sort of it sort of colors everything. But it's the only comparison I can think of at the moment where Ken Starr did his whole investigation. Then he releases the Starr report. And then he said, well, it does appear from this that Bill Clinton committed perjury. Then he had an, there was an impeachment. He was impeached because they believe he committed perjury and. But then he was acquitted during the impeachment trial, and then he never did face any actual like like civil uh, uh, penalties or anything for that. But I guess this is different, though, because I guess impeachment and you know getting it on yeah. uh, with some you know with some uh, the person who may or may not have been underage. Obviously, this hasn't happened before. It's two different things. No, right. so there's no precedent for that. Right. So all right, okay. An explosion and fire at a Beaverton PGE plant leaves sixteen thousand without power on the hottest weekend of the year so far. The fire broke out shortly after three yesterday afternoon at the plant at Shoals Ferry and Murray Boulevards. I hate to be this guy, but let's just uh, talk about something to which we can all relate, and that's how hot it suddenly was. Mid-80. Because on Friday it was, wasn't it even? On Friday was it still raining? Was it still gray and no, overcast? No, it was pretty nice on Friday. It, it wasn't seems... as warm as Saturday or yesterday. Because there was that thing last week where there was a long stretch of days where it's just all soggy and chilly and you know whatever. And they kept saying, and I didn't believe it. They kept saying, well, you know, by Sunday it's going to be eighty-three degrees. And I figured that they were just making it up because that's mm-hmm. usually what they do. And by they, I mean us. Uh, because when we tell you the weather, we're just lying, by the way. So, like, if you hear us go, hey, and to, by the way, tomorrow it's going to be 72. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We're just making that up. But it did actually turn out to be the case. And so last night I'm doing that thing of trying to go to bed and realizing the, the shades of Sarah's conversation from last week that I hadn't bothered to set up the air conditioner over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just sitting there, and you never really, you never really regret that until it's time to go to bed. And you're sitting there in the bedroom where the air seems just unbelievably still and thick and heavy. And you just, oh, it's a bad choice not to set up the air conditioner. And you, and it's, it, and, and you realize that it's too late at night for you to do it. 
And if you try to set up the air conditioner at like a you know like 10, 10 30 at night, it's going to take forever, and you're just going to end up hot and dusty and oh, sweaty you know it's and gonna angry. Oh, going to fall out your window too. <laughs> that's the other thing, and you're going to forget some crucial bolt, and it's going to fall and crush the neighbor. So it was uh, it was altogether unpleasant. So I got to get that done today. A Hillsborough woman got hurt after a burning pile exploded. To make matters worse, she could be fined for burning household garbage in her backyard. Why the explosion? Seems there was an aerosol can in the smoldering pile at Northwest 313th Street. Well, speaking of piles, <laughs> in January 2008, a disgruntled Merrill Lynch employee outraged over his bonus took a crap on the floor, stomped on it, and proceeded to track it all around the office. And now it's happened again. Not with the same employee, presumably. Nope. At this writing, nothing is known who the phantom pooper is or what his or her motivation was, but they're confident that Merrill Security will put some of the bailout money to good use to probe this matter fully and get straight to the bottom of it. Is this the same Merrill Lynch uh, office? Is this the same location or is yes, this like is. a different location for the same company? No, it's the same one. Is, in Midtown, well, Lower Manhattan. Well, presumably the guy who, you know, the initial pooper. Or whatever uh, that he is no longer with the firm. I would imagine. Well, I think that he's been uh, two people in the same company do that. He's been, but wouldn't you imagine? It's unnaturally rebellious. Would, it really is sort of taking things to a, to a, uh, to an extreme level almost immediately. That as they like, should I write a strongly worded letter or, uh, or should I move? <laughs> yeah, as Ron Burgundy would say that uh, that escalated quickly. The because presumably the guy who did it the first time has been shown the door. Right? They've they've asked him to seek employment elsewhere. Presumably, you know, and and poop there. And so now... Now they're a copycat. But I get... Well, like but in see, any crime. But see, that's the thing. So maybe he just... I mean, it, apparently he's such, such a strong example. In other words, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder if he's like a legend. They must... It must be like when, you're, when you work at whatever business and they talk about some guy who you don't know, but a guy who worked there like 10, 12 years previous and say... Oh, no, no, no. You should have been here when J.C. worked here. Now, J.C., that guy was a legend. Did I tell you? He wa- he pooped in the hallway. It was unbelievable. And then it becomes a thing that's told around the, uh, the figurative or literal water cooler. And so now, perhaps his legend has, uh, his legends has filtered down to the next generation, Tim. They've, they've decided to pick up the mantle where he left off. Oh, here's something rather unnerving. Well, it's a penis watch. Now, do we have time to do this here, Sarah, or should we, should we put this off? Because we're, we're a little behind at the moment, are we not? Well, Let's come back no, and do it. No pun intended. All right. Coming up uh, here in just a uh, short while, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, and he uh, will have the latest on that uh, MySpace hoax uh, suicide trial because I think they are actually sentencing Lori Drew uh, today, and I know that he's got uh, some, some theories on how that's all going to shake out. So that's coming up. It's 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. You're just a few minutes away from Led Zeppelin and Jim Roop from CNN Radio in Los Angeles. This is the Foo Fighters. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Broadcasting from the greatest city of... Effing thing sucks! That's right. Effing! We'll do it live! Oh, well, right. Can you just... Can we just... This is just the pause Rick that for a moment? Show. Okay, now that was ironic just there uh, because we were coming out of... Uh, here's a little peek behind the curtain. So we were just coming out of Led Zeppelin and there was that uh, produced liner right there that was going to place it in the commercial. They said, no, 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 Sarah, I'll do it live. I'll, uh, I'll talk to the people. And so actually, as I came on to say, no, 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 I'll do it live... The liner accidentally played anyway because I gave Sarah too short of a notice to actually take it out together. So the liner played regardless, and the liner was, in fact, an excerpt of me from the show saying, No, 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 I'll do it live! So that was a little thing inside a thing inside a thing. It's blowing my mind. It's like some Radio Escher painting. Jim Roop from CNN Straight Ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. So- 
The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I cannot tell you how many times somebody will be walking by and they go, Whoa! This is Rock 101 KUFO. himself back, Sarah. Hey, uh, I'll take headlines that sound dirty that aren't for a thousand, Alex. For the New York Post, magician snatched my cat. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come, we have a penis watch uh, today, uh, and it's truly disturbing, by the way. I mean, just it's disturbing in so many ways. And you think to yourself, in how many ways can a penis watch be disturbing? The answer is like at least five. So that's coming up, as well as a uh, Britney watch. And we've also got uh, Christy Turnquist, the Oregonian, who's going to be uh, joining us. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. How are you today? Happy Monday morning, sir. Uh, well, how are you? My friend has life in the big city. Great. Wonderful. Perfect. Couldn't be better. All that you, but you guys had that. Uh, was there an earthquake of some kind uh, today, yesterday, some recently? Kind, yeah. So one of those regular old 15-second... Uh, Oops, we've got to remember to have water in the garage. Yeah, see, I didn't know if it was uh, if it was one that uh, the bore mentioning. Baird mentioning? Boar? Bear? Yeah, bore mentioning or not. I couldn't... Uh... Who gives a crap? That's the question you really ask. Tim is right? holding up a sign. <laughs> Tim is holding up a sign Olympic judge style on the other side of the room. He just held up a horizontally uh, orientated piece of paper that said 4.7. Yeah. So there you go. Well, that's nothing to sneeze at. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about. No, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where because we haven't had one in a while, uh, and that, and that, that kind that's it's the jolt then roll kind. You, you sit up and you go, uh, okay, is anything else going to happen? Nope. All that's right. that's Sports the center. right. That's the thing. By the time you notice it, it's already gone, and you realize there's probably nothing else uh, on the horizon. For right. You, so hey, so let's talk about uh, this woman, uh, Lori Drew, yeah. who everybody we sort of became aware of her last year, and she is in the fabled Rick Emerson book by the way, which is the book of people who will be dealt with at the appropriate time. Um, so she uh, was sort of the key player in this MySpace bullying case where she went online, she pretended to be a teenage boy, and she befriended this poor girl and then uh, kind of uh, the uh, and befriended and then abandoned the girl all the while. The girl thought she was talking to a teenage boy, and it was really this horrible woman, in my opinion, Lori Drew. Um, and so the, the girl ended up uh, in taking her own life. And it was all just a very, very dark, weird, twisted story. But so... You fast forward to now, um, and and the sentencing is today. But it, the, the story started to blur together in my in in my mind with with just sort of other things that I've read. So, did did this whole thing happen? In other words, um, are we at the point we're at now where the woman is is being sentenced because uh, folks on the internet latched onto it and figured out who she was and identified her, or would that have happened anyway? A friend of the Meyer family, the 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 family of the girl who. Uh, committed suicide, uh, spilled the beans to them okay. that this was happening. All right, okay. And so that, that's how they found out. And then they went uh, They went after her. The reason it's a, it happened in Missouri, but the reason why it was tried in L.A. is because that's, MySpace is headquartered here. Okay. This is where the servers are. All right, okay. And so, I mean, what are we? What, I, what is she looking at in terms of a potential? Because they, because it was fraud or something that they actually yeah, three mailed counts, her. On? Uh, they, they were trying to convict her on felony counts, although the jury couldn't find for felony. They found misdemeanor. Three counts, really, basically, of accessing a computer, a protected computer, without authorization. Right. 
Uh, that's computer fraud. Uh, three counts of that. Probation officials are recommending probation and a $5,000 fine. Prosecutors want three years in prison and a $300,000 fine. The problem here is that the judge is, he doesn't have anything to go by other than this, and there's no precedent for it. But that's also good news because if he really wants to, he could send a message to anybody who is considering any sort of cyberbullying or, or in the process of, of doing it now, that if you're caught, I mean, it's, it's a major consequences here. Do you get the, uh, the sense just from what you've, you've sort of been able to follow in the story that this woman, this Lori Drew woman, kind of has a sense of how unbelievably uh, awful this was? I mean, just how, just how I have far never afield? seen that in her at all throughout the entire process. I've never she's, she's one of those finger pointers. She'll blame everybody else. Um, you know, and her attorney is expected to go to the judge saying she's already suffered because she had to close her business three years ago. Her husband's the only one working, and they have two kids, and they can't survive. So she's already suffered enough. Please let her go. Meanwhile, what she did resulted in a girl, as fragile as a girl may have been, it doesn't even matter that Lori Drew didn't know this 13-year-old Megan Meyer had emotional problems. That shouldn't even matter. The fact that what she did as a 49-year-old woman then, or however old she was, uh, and what the result was, the judge really has an opportunity here to set a precedent, to really say we're sending a message to anybody doing this stuff. So um, it's kind of good news and bad news for the judge. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, that she would sit there and go, well, I don't know, I've suffered enough because, you know, yeah, I... Uh, holy mackerel. All this bad publicity. I mean, I think I speak for everybody when I say boo-freaking-who. I mean, really, so... Yeah, her daughter, uh, Lori Drew's daughter, is the only one that showed any emotion at all uh, when she testified. Uh, I think she realizes what a lousy thing her mom mm. did, but then she didn't try to stop her either. It started out as just, it's just weird. I could understand the daughter, the 16-year-old daughter, doing that to a buddy or to a, to somebody else, but not the mom. I mean, that's just, that's just bad. So what is your, just based based on the, the tone and tenor of the trial, what is your gut sense on where the sentence is going to come down? My gut sense is the judge is going to compromise between probation and the prison sentence. I, I don't think she'll get three years, but I think she'll probably get at least a year in prison and uh, a hefty fine. I think the judge is. I don't think the judge would go to the extreme because it's going to it's going to be appealed either way. But I don't think he wants to deal with a, a long, drawn out appeal process. This should end now. It happened three or four years ago. Maybe you should give her the oppor- the option of like she can either get some sort of prison sentence or she can get a third of that time, but it's served in the public stocks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, right out, right out in the, right out in the Times Square there, right out in the square. Exactly. That's what you I'm let everybody about. throw stuff at her. That's right. And you could do a hefty business selling uh, some sort of decayed fruit, at, you know, at a concession stand or something nearby. Yeah, or very small rocks. All right. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic day in Los Angeles. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. Seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roof, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Riley, what headlines are you tracking for the good people of Portland, Oregon today? All right. A Washington teacher was charged with sexting a student. Thousands gather in a memorial tribute to Kink FM's Les Sarnoff last night at Pioneer Courthouse Square. And a man gets life for killing a police dog in Clark County. All right. And then uh, coming up, we'll have uh, Greg Nibbler coming and do the second half of his 20 questions as he endeavors to deduce the identity of this mystery guest uh, that we have been offered, ladies and gentlemen. You've also got to feel my glands. Yes. Yes, I do, Sarah. I just want you to know that I'm not complaining for no reason. I want you to feel my pain. I don't think you're a gold bricker, as they say. I don't, uh, I don't, I have, it's not, I don't believe you're a hypochondriac. 
Uh, I believe the glands are swollen. <laughs> this is like that time that Richie's face was filled with pus. Oh, that was so gross. Yes, it was. Uh, you're not the one who had to feel it, incidentally. So, yeah, let me just, I speak for everybody when I say um, Richie's face was... Um, it was all together because he had some sort of weird infection, and we never were able to figure out why. I don't think he ever did. And so Richie Bristol, who was our uh, production assistant at the time, he came into work and it was like, "What's going on?" Well, oh, my face is all swollen. And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "It's all filled with pus." And I said, "I, what do you mean filled with pus?" Which, in retrospect, is the sort of question that doesn't need to be asked because what do you mean? Fi-? Well, of course, it, it just means that it's pus filled. I mean, there's really only so many ways you can rearrange those words in a sentence. And he said, "Here, feel this." And grabs my hand and just sort of and just puts my hand on his cheek. And it was sort of like, it was sort of like, uh, it was like touching a Richie-shaped mannequin. I mean, it was just, uh, there was no give. There was no, uh, there was no flexibility to that face at all. So, but this, so this isn't that. These are just your glands. So These all are things, just my glands. All things being equal, it's it feels not like that a, bad. a golf ball shoved on either side of my throat. Here's a question about your glands, not yours specifically, but just in general. So you got like a gland on either side of your uh, jaw or whatever. Okay, I hate to sound like an idiot. What is a gland? I mean, what does it do? Like those ones specifically, because these are if you're these are sort of at the back of your jaw, underneath your ear. I mean, what do those things do? They are they just I there think to you've swell? Asked this before, but I don't think we ever got an answer to it. Or maybe somebody told me and I just forgot. Yeah, I'm not sure. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay right there. Put me in a special school. Design such a fool. And I don't need a single book to teach me how to read. Who needs stupid books? Broadcasting from the greatest city of... Effing thing sucks! Effing! We'll do it live! Oh, well, all right, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up in mere moments, we'll talk to Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Uh, She's here to talk about the weekend box office featuring management. Starring Steve Zahn, Jennifer Aniston, and Tim Riley's Automobile. Did you say your car is on file at a, at a casting agency or a talent agency or something? Yeah, yeah on the, in a few. So let's say, so your... I learned that trick from years ago working for Central Casting in L.A. If you have anything of value, it increases your chances or something you own of being in a motion picture. Is and you're getting of, paid for it. Is, so is this sort of like like when you're on file with a casting agency and you, uh, you put down like, and can do Russian dialect? Exactly, and that's what they want. So Tim Riley says, my 2006 Cadillac Eldorado can also uh, make an appearance in your film if you'd like. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, that's fantastic. And then when the, when the, when the, you know, the movie calls for some automobile like that uh, to be in the background, they call you Tim Riley. Or anybody else who's listed. With, with, with a, I'm sure that the vehicle that Steve Zahn was driving... That person made a mint because it was used in every scene every day. I never really thought about that. So when they go to film a, a movie in any sort of a town or at a location, all of the stuff that you see there has probably got to come from in so, or around that town. So they're not having to do, like truck things from all over the country. Right. And that's why it's great to have motion picture production here in Oregon because it stimulates the economy. People have to eat, buy food. They have to, has to be crabs. They have to rent tents. They have to rent all these trailers for the stars. Hairdressers are hired. Makeup people. These are all local people. I Electricians. Never... I stay for the very end to see uh, Siegfried's name in the credits, too. You know, that makes me... I, uh, I never really thought about that. I mean, yes, I guess it's, it, it, it's one of those things that you never really considered, that everything you see done at the end of a film, everything they list in the credits, is probably done... I mean, probably half that stuff is done by people who were from the community. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, we sound like a classroom film right now. And that's why filmmaking should come to your town. 
Brought to you by the Hollywood Association of Committed Filmmaking. All right, that's wonderful. Yeah, our friend, uh, our good friend Siegfried, who, uh, and he doesn't really brag about this, so I brag for him, uh, was given the task of lighting Jennifer Aniston at one point, which is a thing. And one of them was in the scene that I sat in. They looked for someone to sit at a table because I'm waiting for them to take the Arizona license plates off my car. So I sat in the... At the table right next to Jennifer Aniston for one of those scenes that was filmed inside the uh, the Chinese restaurant in Aloha, which is right around the corner from uh, Big Lots. So it was a big deal in that town. That and you day. said that she was that she was beautiful in oh, person. Oh, she's beautiful, yeah. See, because she's Flawless. one of those, the, you kind of get the sense from looking at Jennifer Aniston, you're not quite sure exactly how much in real life she's going to look like her sort of on-screen representation. Because sometimes, Cameron Diaz, you know that it's just like a million miles of bad road. I mean, it's just, uh, it's bad. I was watching Any Given Sunday this weekend, uh, and which is the uh, the Oliver Stone, the football film with Al Pacino, whatever, which is a terrible film that I love. I mean, it's awful, but I'll watch it anytime it's on. It's like, it's no good. There's nothing good about that movie. But you, but it, it's on, and I just I watch it. Is there a popping sound? That's your yeah, microphone. It's when you touch the bottom of your microphone. Don't touch the wire. Stop moving it. Sorry. All right. I'm just going to back away from the microphone lest I electrocute myself. <laughs> anyway, but Cameron Diaz, even with no, I don't even have HD TV or a flat screen. Or whatever, I just got the regular cathode ray uh, uh, TV at home, you know, the big boxy kind. But it, even on that, you can tell the Cameron Diaz, it's uh, it's like it's like weasels uh, pecked at her or something. All right. Uh, Christy Turnquist will join us here in just a moment, as well as Tim Riley. Tim, uh, what headlines are we tracking on this Monday morning? Well, we have quite a few. A man is lucky to be alive after plunging 500 feet from the top of Mount Hood. The Rose Festival is struggling to find sponsors due to the fact that, well, one of the big ones went bankrupt last year. And it's light behind bars for a police dog killer. All right. Uh, hello, Greg Nibbler, production assistant extraordinaire. How are you? Hello, sir. I'm doing well. Is this guy on one going to talk to us about glands? Uh, yes. And whatever yes. whatever they like might to, be. I'd like to explain what glands are All to right. you. All right. So we'll uh, we'll talk to this guy, and then we'll have you do a handful of guesses at this uh, mystery guest. I am feeling confident. All right. Let's. Uh, hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. How can I assist you on this Monday morning? Hi, Rick Emerson. I'm calling about uh, what glands are. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to uh, call let you know they uh, they're part of the uh, the endocrine system, and uh, essentially what it sounds like, uh, sir Dylan's talking about is uh, they're. Uh, uh, if it's underneath the ear area, it's probably the uh, the tonsils. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, what it is is uh, they're filtering out all the crap that's coming down her throat, all like any bacteria that's in the air, anything that she may have eaten. Basically, it's one of the lines of filters is uh, part of your. Uh... Oh, so are your are your tonsils glands? Yes. I never knew that. I, I thought didn't they know were. That either. I guess I thought they were just tonsils, but now I realize I don't know what that means. I mean, it's like, of course they're tonsils. It's like having a coffee filter in your mouth. That's exactly, it's exactly like that. So it's sort of like, but it's like the air filter in your car or something. It just, uh, over time it fills up with crap and then you got to like clean it out or replace it or something. Yeah, essentially it it all gets built up in there. And then as it all builds up, that's why you get things like, like tonsillitis and all that garbage because bacteria builds up in there. And then eventually your body just kind of flushes it out and destroys it. But until it has a chance to flush it out, it's all just kind of built up there, and it's like, oh, my God, and you just feel like crap. It's like, you know what it is, there? It's like a spam filter. And then every now and again, Gmail just says, like, you know, 30 days have passed, and yeah, flushes it all right. away. Exactly. Interesting. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. What's your name, my friend? Um, Chris Baxter. All right, Chris, uh, thank you for listening. Please spread the word about this very fine radio program. Definitely. I, I love this show. It's uh, fantastic. I listen to it every morning uh, on my way into school. I'm actually a medical student right now. so. Excellent. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the help. All right. You have a good day. There you go. That is uh, Chris, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. All right, Greg Nibbler, uh, when we last left the Rick Emerson Show, will you please summarize quickly the questions that you've already asked about this mystery guest we've oh, been offered? Okay, well, I'll summarize what we know so far. It's a male musician, solo act, not rock, 
was around in the 80s but became famous in the early 90s. Technically not a one-hit wonder, yes. although that sounds pretty suspect. Um, and was on a celeb reality show that did not air new episodes in the last year. That is correct. Okay, so you have ten questions left. Okay, so I we'll think... do five here. We'll do at the most five here because we're, 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 otherwise we're going to get behind. I'm feeling pretty confident on taking a stab at this. Okay. I, MC Hammer. Yes, it is MC Hammer, Man. you bastard. How did you figure that out? I mean, was it just from the questions, or did you have no. some sort of? No, I swear I did not cheat. I did not look anything up. No just audience last... help. Nobody no audience called up. Help. No audience. Actually, an audience member guessed uh, Vanilla Ice. Uh, Which was my next guest Right around as well. the same time? Right around the same but, uh, time. Yes, and that's funny because I actually met Hammer a bit, uh, earlier this year in January. I did an interview with Hammer. You did? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. For, uh, was this for our then-sister station, uh, Jammin', which was in the building with us? No, no. It's for this online uh, technology review thing. It was at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And he happened to be there. Hammer? Was it the computer? Hammer. The yeah. Consumer Electronics Show? Yeah, at the Consumer Electronics Show. It was really funny because we were down did there. Did he think he was somewhere else? Like, did he mixed up tickets or I something? I really don't know why he was there. We were walking around the booth, you know, looking, you're looking at all this new technology. And then we see this guy standing over there and we're like, that's Hammer. And so, um, in my mind's eye, I'm picturing Hammer at something that makes no sense. Like he's at a booth for the Pascal programming language or yeah, something. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was something like that. It was like Intel or something like that. I something, would like to talk to you about binary based systems. <laughs> something ridiculous. And there's Hammer sitting over there. And, uh, it was me and a co host, a female co host. And we walked over there and we decided I was going to interview him. I mean, it's Hammer. You got to go talk to him. And right before we do the interview, she walks up to him and she's like, hey, Hammer, guess how old I am? And she does the too legit to quit, you know, the hand <laughs> oh, signal oh, no. right to his face, no. right before I'm getting ready to interview him. And I don't no. even know what I'm going to ask him anyway. That's so he's awful. instantly just so ticked off. Oh, that's awful. And uh, yeah, it was an uncomfortable oh. about 60 second interview that I did with him. Oh, uh, we have to talk more about that uh, coming up. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thank you for giving me the tease for this segment. Hey, yes. coming up, we'll talk more about Greg Nibbler's interview with Hammer. <laughs> Jesus, God Almighty. Christy, turn Chris from the Oregonian. Hello, how are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm fantastic. We come back, we'll talk about the weekend box office. Do you have any MC Hammer stories to share with us? You know, I don't, but I just... Was he wearing Hammer pants at this event? He actually wasn't. He actually wasn't. He was uh, bald. He was dressed up pretty nice, actually. I think that he probably had some ritual cleansing ceremony where he went out back and burned all of those. Maybe they'll come back. Uh, that's he could sell them on eBay. No, I... Uh... <laughs> We'll do. So all of this uh, on the way and uh, news with Tim Riley, et cetera. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Monday morning. Straight ahead, we'll talk to Christy Turnquist about this weekend's box office starring Tim Riley's automobile, as well as what uh, headlines on this uh, Monday, Tim Riley? Uh-oh. Anytime now, we should be getting the new jobless figures for Oregon. The rate has more than doubled in the past year, rising from 5.5 in March 2008 to 12.1% in March. So we're waiting for the April figures, and they should be out any time today. Speaking of any time now, we should learn if the mayor is guilty of any wrongdoing. As the state attorney general investigates his, well, away from work activities, the pilot and co-pilot of a small plane safe after making an emergency landing in Washington County yesterday. So that's all on the way. And just in case you, you say to yourself, by God, I've been laid off. Uh, you know, my, my, my life is suffering from some setbacks and reversals right now. We will also have a penis watch uh, that will give you the ability to say there, but for the grace of everything, go I. At least I'm not that guy. So that's on the way as well. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We return momentarily. Stay there. It's Rock 101. Stay you One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Monday morning. It's 503-228-4101. 
Don't forget, sometime before the uh, top of the hour, we'll be giving away a copy of the Max Fleischer Superman Collection, 1941-1942, on DVD. Hopefully uh, not the crapified version uh, discussed by Tim Riley earlier, which I don't believe they are because they're remastered from the Warner Brothers vault, which indicates that they are, in fact, unmolested. They haven't been uh, they haven't been augmented in any sort of a way. So Warner Brothers ended up with the rights to that because originally it was Paramount, then it was Famous Studios, and Paramount, I believe, sold out all their cartoons in the early 50s. And so Warner Brothers now owns all of the original, uh, you know, negatives or whatever it is for these, for these Superman cartoons from the and these and those Fleischer Superman cartoons. For people who haven't seen them, are they are very much uh, the cartoon that they set the archetype for a lot of the ways that Superman is depicted now because he's even more so than the early comics. From what I've seen, is very sort of square jawed and has a lot of that like primary color. Um, like kind of pop art style animation uh, going on, almost like a uh, what do you call it? What is that? Uh, what is that thing that uh, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright did? What was his? Uh, what is that kind of architecture modernism? he did? Expressionism? Not modernism. There's something or other. Like the layered houses that he would do. I don't know something. Know weird shaped houses. It's a whole thing. It's I read this <laughs> so whole. It's full of weird shaped houses. I read I read this whole analysis one time uh, on on those cartoons though specifically and how they represented. Um, architecture of a certain era in a sort of hyper-realistic You're thinking of fashion. Art Deco. Art Deco. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Anyway, so they're, they're very cool looking, so we're going to be giving those yeah. uh, away as well. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian is here. Hello, how are you today? I'm just fine. You didn't go to zombie prom. I didn't, and I really feel like I missed out. I you thought did. about going, and I you didn't You did. Uh, I mean, what was the deciding factor for you? Did you just look up, and it was like 9 o'clock, and you're sitting on the couch, you're like, eh, F it, I'm not standing up. Yeah, kind of. All right. Well, <laughs> something to be said for that. I uh, I appreciate that sentiment. So, yeah, if you go to rickemerson.com uh, right now, you can see a photograph of Sarah X. Dillon and myself and Sarah's friend uh, Lisa, and, and we are depicted in that order left to right in this photograph. And this is right before we left the house to go to the zombie prom. And I was describing it earlier saying it was like that weird, it was like that weird grinding, sweaty rave sequence in the second Matrix film, but filled with all the characters from Beetlejuice. It was totally <laughs> surreal. It was, it was weird. I just had to stand back and look at everybody like in costume, dancing, this zombie band playing. It was ridiculous. And there's just hundreds of people and in various states of injury and wounding and death. Yeah. And I mean, they would like hatchets sticking out of their head and like, you know, hey, look at these. They're my intestines. Ooh. You know, would you like a beer? <laughs> and then there's like the cigarette cigar girls walking around like from Vegas where they've got the like the little tray in front of them, except that they're all dead. I of mean, course. it was just and then Sarah and I did this. Uh, and I don't think I don't know if there are any photographs of this posted yet. Uh, but Sarah and I conducting this zombie costume contest at the end. Boy, I almost got knocked off the stage by a drunken SpongeBob and some like oh. wasted chick who was trying to hold him up. Yeah, and there was yeah. So there's boy, this did I miss out? Zombie SpongeBob, <laughs> and so it's a guy in a huge foam rubber SpongeBob costume, but then SpongeBob is of course dead and bloody and and decayed and whatever. But at a certain point, I think sponge. the guy's alcohol and whatever else he had taken in that night manifested itself in a sort of sudden claustrophobia. Where he's inside and suddenly he's like, oh, God, I'm going to get out of this. And all of a sudden you see the front like of SpongeBob's <laughs> face rip open. And he's like ripping himself out of there and flailing around on the stage. And it's like, yeah, he births out of SpongeBob's face. It was sort of like an undersea version of Bob Geldof on the wall where he's in the back <gasps> of the limo and suddenly like, I'm going to get out of this pink outfit. And, you know, just like clawing his way through goo. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was awesome. Uh but I and Jesus, we didn't walk out of that place till like one thirty, one forty five in the morning. And as I said to somebody, I'm like, well, you know, normally I'd be getting up at an hour. So, you know, I, I didn't. Here's another thing I didn't tell you. So we got done with the zombie prom on Saturday, which is part of uh, KUFO's Zombie Con uh, 2009. And I didn't think I got home at like two thirty 
And at that point, I figured if I go to bed at 2.30 in the morning, it is going to screw me for Monday. Mm-hmm. Typically, I get up around 3, 3.30 now. So I just stayed up until what? 7 in the morning. I stayed up till 7 in the morning, and then I had a little bit of a nap, and then I got up, and then I went to bed at like 9, because I was trying to stay somewhat on my normal sleeping schedule. Oh, see, I let it just go to all hell on the weekends. I'll, I'll go to you. bed at like 3 and then wake up at 11. Oh, I can't amazing. do that, because then I'm then I'm effed on Monday morning. Then I come here, and I'm just sluggish, and I find myself staring at the computer screen, just kind of, but not actually typing anything or doing anything, just sort of zoning out. Well, staying up, I mean, that's very that's very zombie-ish, so you were really... And the best, you were in the moment, and 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 then it's like that thing uh, where it's running so hopelessly behind now. But then there's that thing where, like, you forget after a while that you're dressed as a zombie, that you're covered <laughs> I in made blood. The mistake of going out afterwards. <laughs> Go to a convenience store. Hey, I need a, I need a pack of Lucky Strikes. What are you looking at, pal? I never did tell you. you got a problem? Of, I never did tell you the end of my night, did I? No. That night, I decided to. Um, Go to like this after hours party thing and then went there and I decided that it was just way too hipster. I'm like, I cannot do this. I can't handle this. I'm the only person dressed like a zombie here. So basically. <laughs> Imagine that. And then the cab companies weren't running. My phone had died. So I basically had to walk. Um, lurching Grand, down the street. Grand <laughs> Avenue. Get a ride, anybody? Whoa. <laughs> 50 blocks up Hawthorne in my heels at three o'clock. Why did you not tell like me this? <laughs> I forgot. And we know zombies don't move fast, so that no, must have been a there. long walk. So you're in a, a I found, like, dress. I found 50 cents at the bottom of my purse for a payphone, so I'm calling. I'm like, all right, I'm going to call a cab company. I call, and they're just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, they're like, I'm sorry, you're 17th in line. There's or There are 18 people behind in front of you. So you're walking up Hawthorne. How many blocks? 45. <laughs> walking 45 blocks up Hawthorne in a prom dress and heels covered in blood. Covered in blood. And then I went into... Um, the 7-Eleven that's on 20th and Hawthorne. And I begged the guy. I'm just like, hey. I'm like, obviously, you can tell I've been somewhere tonight. I'm like, hey, I kind of a bad you know, ending to my night. I've just my come phone. from Chris Brown's house. Do you have a phone that I can use? I'm like, my phone's dead. Uh, you know, I can't get a cab. Can I use your phone for a second? And he's just like, no, I'm sorry. I can't let you use it. It was so rude. You should was, have lurched at him and just gone. Ah, yeah. I just looked at him just like. F you. And then <laughs> just you're, like, you're like blood spattered and you won't let you. use the phone? No, That's and cold. I looked so sad and I'm just like, you, yeah, I'm like, you realize that this is not, like, I look like a zombie prostitute walking down the street. <laughs> I'm looking for zombie whores. Do you have anything in that? The, well, and like, I might as well just say this. Now that I'm zen with the fact that we're, that we're way behind you. So, um, but I, I should say this, that I made a little, uh, I sent a little, little Twitter update or whatever from, from the Zompire Film Festival and then another one from the prom let me see if I can find it here. I actually, and what I said is this. Um, my last Twitter update, which I sent out, said, Preparing to judge costumes at zombie prom. Inescapable fact. Hot girl plus blood spatter equals extra hot girl. Because <laughs> there's just no way around that because you're at the prom and there's just, you know, any number of people. And it being Portland, any number of them are unpleasant looking. But And then there's a lot in the middle. And then there's, and then there's you know, kind of the, kind of the pretty people. And then you have this, start to have these weird uh, thoughts about yourself where you wonder if there's something really wrong with you, where you see some really attractive girl, but she's covered in blood, and you find yourself going, like, that is, just, that is hot. And then you think, that's an inside thought. I shouldn't share that with anybody else. <laughs> but the idea of you walking straight up Hawthorne, and then I had completely forgotten that I looked, you know, like a dead guy covered in blood, mm-hmm. because I had to go to two plaid pantries after we went to Lisa's house, and Lisa and Sarah doing my zombie makeup. I needed some uh, some viso, and uh, so I had to go to two plaid pantries because the first one there was like a line, and I was they were stocking the shelves or whatever. So it was just it was it was insane. So I walked into the first one, and I go, and the guy had all of these boxes stacked up because they were doing their inventory or something. And I said, "Hey, can I just get around here?" And, you know, ah, never mind. I'll go to the other one. But when I said like, "Hey, can I get around these boxes to get to the back?" The guy turned and he looked at me, and he did the whole like, 
you know, I said, hey, can I get around? He goes, what the? Ah! And he sort of, and he did the pullback and the little yelp. At least he's a little nice to you. And so, well, so I left and then I went into the next plaid pantry and I actually did this. It was like that episode of uh, 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 of Seinfeld where Kramer becomes like a chain smoker or something, but he, he immediately looks all leathery and, 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 and tanned and you know, whatever. And he does the thing of like, Jerry, look away, I'm hideous. And so I walked into the second plaid pantry and I opened the door and I actually averted my face. I like I like I was Thomas Covenant, uh, the unbeliever. I just turned my head and I just go, I look really weird. Please don't be alarmed. <laughs> Which is just sort of like you realize that it's like every day for John Merrick or something. So <laughs> and I walk in and the guy said, so you're a zombie. <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I am, sir. All right. Anyway, you can go to rickemerson.com and you can see uh, you can see photographs of uh, of all of that. Hey, we've gone through a whole segment, Christine. You haven't done your thing. How's that I working out? I have it. Oh, ah, well, wonderful. I'm just wondering. I should get a job at a plaid pantry. Think of the stories I'd be getting every night. Yeah, think of the rush you can get from de- denying sad people who are walking down the street with no phones. Seriously, <laughs> F that guy. What do you know? Uh, I was so mad, and I, I uh, drove by him yesterday, and it was the same jerk working at that plaid. And I just wanted to I just wanted to go in and just say, you know, I think that you're a very evil person. And obviously, you could tell I wasn't having that rough. Well, clearly- it wouldn't break your arms to, like... Let me use your phone for a second. And you know, and, and, all, and all joking aside, it's obvious that you've come from some sort of a theme party, so you've had a bit of a night anyway. <laughs> and I mean, even, it sounds insane, but even in your zombie getup, you don't look like trouble. It's not like you're going to cause, like you're there to rob the joint, like you're there to, to you know, to case the, the place or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're obviously not going to cause a ruckus of any kind. Unless that one gets robbed all the time. I used to live right next to there. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, maybe he's jaded because of that. Maybe. Seriously. <laughs> but he was an unhappy little man. I kind of, I... I'm thinking about maybe driving by on the way, on my way home today and just stopping by and being like, hey, something evil could have happened to me and you, I'm, you would have had that on your conscience. It's just, you should have called me. I would have come to pick you up. I didn't have anybody's phone number. Oh, and your Blackberry was dead. And my Blackberry was dead and, um, yeah. You don't know I, my number? Do you know my number? Yeah. Okay, but but you so you could have but you should have just gone to a payphone. I know, but and I only had fifty cents, so I called the cab company. Were you afraid that you would call cents. me and I wouldn't answer, and then it's like fifty cents gone? Well, because everyone that I would have called, I figured wouldn't recognize the phone number, so nobody would pick oh, it up. Oh, that's true, and I and I wouldn't morning. have probably no, because if I didn't know the number, I hadn't thought about that because you're not on your phone. You were on it. You would have been on a payphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those zombie calls in the middle of the night are never seriously. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, and I'd take <laughs> breaks like. But, you know, I'd get to, like, 30th and Hawthorne, and I'd sit at a bus stop and, like, cry for a second because my feet were bleeding. <laughs> You're crying, and your zombie makeup is running everywhere. And it hurt, because I don't wear heels in life anyway. And I walk 50 blocks in heels, oh, and I couldn't take it off, because who knows what's on, you know, the streets. Oh, like, the, syringes and broken glass. It's the best night ever. All right, fantastic. still hurt. Could we be more behind? Um, all right. So when we come back, uh, we'll have news of Tim Riley, and I swear to God, Christy will talk about... Uh, Talk about the weekend box office and so forth. And this is all true. It's 503-228-4101. Hey, what's that sound? Why, it's the Kings of Leon. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Yeah! All right, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Their new album came out last Friday, 21st Century Breakdown, which is awesome. Uh, it is Green Day, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, Tim Riley, what headlines will you be giving the people? Well, Paris Hilton's boyfriend, Doug, said somebody egged her car. A Washington teacher is charged with sexting a student, and nine are arrested in Bend in a prostitution sting. In Bend? Bend. All right. I wish, I, you know, for the, I have to go on uh, Yahoo News during the break here. I wish for the life of me I could remember that phrase that Yahoo News was using that was like sexting, but it was so much more ridiculous. It was like they had taken like a 14-syllable word, and they had found something that kind of rhymed with the word sex, and so they had jammed the word sex into it somehow. They were clearly trying to one-up everybody and, and create, like, a new sexting-style thing 
that you can be terrified your kids were taking part in. So I got to figure that out. Uh, we come back. We will also don't call now. When we come back, we will give away uh, those Max Fleischer Superman DVDs as well. So Tim Riley, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian with the box office Superman DVDs and more. It's the Rick Emerson Show continuing next. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in just a skosh, as our uh, Asian friends sometimes say, uh, we will talk about uh, Star Trek, which is, I mean, I'm going to give this away. Not number one. What was number one? <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. That's uh, with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, who is uh, sitting to my immediate left. To Christy Turnquist's immediate left is your personal savior. His name is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 744. It's going to be still close to 80 degrees today, but cooling off tomorrow. John Krieger, Milwaukee, lucky to be alive after plunging 500 feet from Mount Hood. He was with a group of 40 or so at the time when he fell at the 10,000-foot level. Knocked unconscious, has leg, arm, and facial injuries. He was uh, put aboard a helicopter for the Oregon National Guard and flown to OHSU. Now, when he fell 500 feet off Mount Hood, yes, uh, there's just it's sort of I don't know in my mind's eye, it's uh, comic isn't the word for, it, but it's sort of it, it, I guess I it wouldn't no, be it for John Krieger, probably not. But I mean, so he was with 40 people, but this was like some sort of a Mount Hood climbing expedition or excursion or something. I suppose 40 so, yeah. people is a lot to be climbing a mountain all at once, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's a big mountain; it can fit them all. I guess. Well, that is true. I guess, but what I'm saying, though, is, in other words, it, it, when you think of, like, a kind of a group of folks who are going to go climb a mountain together, typically it's, like, eight or nine people. You don't the 40 seems a lot, like, a lot to be in a group. It could be a mountain climbing group. So, but I... You know, How could someone survive falling 500 feet? And that's yep, my thing. Did. And, like, the falling... Miracle on the mountain. <laughs> the falling 500 feet also mystifies me because... You would figure, like, the mountain, I mean, I, I know I sound daft when I talk about this, but the mountain's basically a big triangle. So you figure falling... That's the way it looks from here, anyway. Falling 500 feet, like, that implies that there's 500 feet of space before you would hit the next part well, of the mountain. There are ledges. Uh-huh. The mountain is tall. Oh, I see. So it's not, so it's a kind of, it's almost almost like a series of steps that goes all the way up. So you're like, bam, 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 all the way down. Yes. All right. Well, That's you know what? mountains are built. It, you know what? And here's the other thing. You know, uh, the mountains are, are really tall, and uh, they're covered with rocks, and they're impassable and covered with ice. That's nature's way of saying, don't climb on this. So, and that's my way of saying, I have no sympathy. Here's Tim Riley. Yet to some people, it's an interesting hobby. Yes, it is, Tim. A pilot and a co-pilot of a small plane safe after making an emergency landing near Washington County's Gales Creek. Neither were hurt, thankfully. Somebody mistakenly parked a pickup truck next to the runway where the plane was supposed to land. That panicked the pilot, of course, as anybody would be. So he opted to land in a nearby field. It worked. Thousands gathered to pay tribute to Les Sarnoff last night at Portland's Pioneer Courthouse Square. Among the bands of paying tribute were Curtis Elgato, Tom Grant, and Art Alexakis. It's a light behind bars for a police dog killer, Ronald Chenette, who had a rap sheet a mile long and was taken down by a second police dog a few weeks ago after fatally shooting Dakota while being hunted down by a SWAT team in Clark County. This slimy character did tie up for second-degree murder back in 1991. I'm sure he's being uh, beaten uh, senseless in a shower right now. Penis watch. That's not part of the penis watch, by the way. That was just an unfortunate confluence. Take uh, a look at my enormous penis. Inadvertent juxtaposition of news elements. 
I take a look at my enormous penis. Santa, everything is going my way. I should say, by the way, that two things. One, this is a truly disconcerting uh, penis watch that we've got here. It is, however, a news story. This is a uh, factual story uh, that we are offering now uh, as uh, both news and medical comment. Uh, as we uh, service the Portland community, we operate in the public interest, convenience, and necessity as mandated by the Federal Communications Commission. Tim Riley, what is this penis watch? A two-centimeter long fish apparently found its way into the penis of a 14-year-old boy from India in a bizarre medical case. It was admitted to the hospital with the complaints of pain, dribbling urine, and acute urinary retention. The best part is how they have to note that it's bizarre. It is not sort of an everyday commonplace experience <laughs> that might happen dribbling. to you or I. <laughs> Uh, apparently, the fish uh, slipped into his body part while he was cleaning his aquarium at home. Two what? professors who treated the boy and later wrote a paper on the case explained he was cleaning the fish tank when a house he was holding a fish in his hand and went to the toilet for passing urine. While he was passing it, the fish slipped from his hands and ended up uh, in inside the uh, the member. This okay, seems come on, that seems a little improbable. Somewhat implausible. <laughs> a I, bit, yeah. So all of a sudden the fish like magically flew in the air, did a U-turn, and I'm, I'm just went right in there. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, the logistics, like yeah. a sort of schematic in my head of how that would happen. Well, the fish was too slippery to grip. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, well, so there you go. At least you're not that guy. There's your penis watch for uh, Monday. On Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start Disturbing to in every way. I take a look at my enormous penis. Everything is going my way. And so forth. Hey, uh, by the way, did anybody, and I ask this uh, frequently, and I'm always the only one who has, so I don't know why I continue to ask this, but did anybody watch Oprah on uh, You watch Oprah every no. day now, don't you? It's that my wife watches Oprah every day, and because of our new schedule, because when I was on, you know, we were on in middays, I get home at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, and we would just fall right into watching Anderson Cooper, which is, you know, that's a, kind of our one you know, like people, you know, everybody has, but, you know, people have, you know, there's set shows that they watch, and so couples have that as well. But our, the thing we watch every night is Anderson Cooper uh, at around 7 o'clock, 7.30 or so. And then there's the other stuff, like Gossip Girl or whatever. It's only like once a week. But her deal is she watches uh, she watches Oprah in the early afternoon. And so when we move to mornings, I start getting home at around noon or 1. And so I'll get home, and I'll be answering email or just working, whatever, and she'll have it on. So I, so I have sort of, like, it's always been there, but now... I'm there as well, so kind of through osmosis, I get all this Oprah knowledge. Um, anyway, so just back on the the uh, the cop dog, uh, they got killed by this weasel who's been uh, sentenced mm-hmm. to prison, where he will be uh, beaten savagely every single night. I would imagine um, they had. I have to say this: it really was like the feel good story of the year. You always hear that; and it's never true, but it's all about it's all about these like hardcore, like very um, like very aggressive, very whatever prison inmates. That uh, they're trying this new sort of um, rehabilitation method, and the deal is is that they give these guys like uh, puppies when they're born, and then the inmates uh, they you know they have to pass a series of tests, and then they kind of earn the right to do it. But then the inmates raise these dogs uh, from birth to from like three weeks to like uh, six months of age, mm-hmm. and then they train them to be guide dogs or service dogs, and then the dogs go off and live with whatever. And it really was quite it was quite something. So you see some guy who's in there because he you know because he like. You know, made fifteen people into a pie or something at some point, and then they'd be like giving him a dog to raise, and they would interview the guys at the beginning of the program when they before they get the puppy, and then they'd interview them like six months later, and it really was a, a pretty remarkable change. It was actually and as as just as easy to just to become like just a jaded bastard about everything. It was actually pretty great. So that's all, and that is all just a long way of saying that this guy who uh, shot the police dog, um, he will undoubtedly uh, at at some point, I would say. 
I would say he will serve an additional penalty uh, for that crime at some point. There will be uh, there will be additional pressure brought to bear as the consequence of that action. So have fun with that, jackass. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, we'll be back in a little while with more news. <laughs> really? Was that that I just do a handoff to then a close and a tease? That's exactly what happened, Tim. <laughs> I would say that this show is up to its eyeballs in formatics uh, today. This show is uh, this show is formatted and paced within an inch of its life, and there's no objective assessment that can read otherwise. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian uh, is here, and uh, we will. Uh, so, uh, I actually now have completely forgotten whatever the number one movie was. All I know is that it wasn't Star Trek, which is kind of the only thing that matters. Oh, and just very quickly, so you know what somebody dropped off for me. What, what? Somebody dropped off one of those Star Trek glasses, uh, like that Ooh, Burger the King has. Burger King? Oh, yeah. yeah, those stupid commercials that they're promoting. Because there's four. <laughs> there's. I haven't even seen the commercial. You uh, haven't with the Kingons. Bur- oh, I, <laughs> Kingons. I saw it as I was sort of skimming by on the TiVo uh, for Burger King, one of our proud sponsors. And they uh, there's Fabulous four glasses. There's the uh, there's the Kirk. <laughs> there's Uhura. There's Nero, and then there's um, Spock. So uh, so I got one. I'll tell you which glass I received. Coming up. Oh, Emerson, See, that's a guarantee. But that's an insufficient tea. See, that's the sort of thing that <laughs> because I, I really don't care what kind of Star Trek glass, no. <laughs> Star Trek glass you got. No, see, I don't. See, that's the that's the sort of thing that is completely insufficient for our purposes here. You still have to fill my glands. <laughs> that, on the other hand, is gold. When you come back, I will have no choice but to touch a swollen body part belonging to Sarah X. Dillon. Hey, now it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred and One KUFO. All right, there. It's like Lady Madonna with all of that pesky Beatles singing. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we will talk about the film that was number one at the box office. And I'll feel Sarah Dillon's swollen glands. Do I have to feel them both, or well, can I just feel to... one of them? Well, it's more so the right side than the left side. All right. Okay. Well, maybe that's I'll... really gross. I just want you to know what I'm going through. All right. So that's... Uh, would you say that they're more uh, penny-sized or more pea-sized? They're like ping-pong ball-sized. <laughs> well, that's great. I can't wait. It's Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Portland. <laughs> The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You care about that for this reason. We're going to take caller number 10 right now with that number. 503-228-4101. And, uh, sir, will you let Greg know that we're doing that at this uh, at this very moment? He was, uh, I think, otherwise occupied. How do we do that? Caller number, uh, it's uh, through telepathy. 503-228-4101, a copy of Max Fleischer's Superman 1941-1942 two-disc collection on DVD. Faster than a streak of lightning, more powerful than the pounding surf, it is the amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, 17 action-packed vintage theatrical cartoons on DVD. Also features remastered original film elements pardon me, from the uh, Warner Brothers vault. And a guy actually does say here, he says, Rick... That new Fleischer Superman disc is, in fact, not taken from the same crappy prints that have been circulating for years. He says, I have this DVD, and it is gorgeous. Uh, it says, technically, the cartoons themselves are still in the public domain. Warner Brothers only owns the copyright on these particular transfers, if I'm not mistaken, but these transfers are wonderful. So that is Brian. Good. So that makes me feel a lot better. That's because, uh, you know, we wouldn't engage in something that wasn't quality, Tim. When we give something away, it's because it's top of the line. That's really what sets us apart. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning. Nobody is hurt when two planes collide in Washington State. Some heckle Obama at Notre Dame. 
but they're booed by a larger crowd, and Ted Kennedy just keeps on living. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian. Hello and howdy. Hello. So, uh, so number one was uh, was Star Trek. And, uh, if no, you, no, no, Star Trek was number two. I'm sorry, number two is Star Trek. <laughs> You're if, already wrong. If you, if you had asked me... <laughs> Uh, maybe half an hour ago, what the number one movie was? I guess I, I guess I would have remembered, but but now I don't. I can't even. It seems like there was some really? big release. Really, don't remember? <laughs> no, I, I can't even remember now what the number one movie was. I can't even remember what we talked about on Friday in terms of the release because I just remember that it was something I felt to be wholly uninteresting. That's because it's kind of holy. <laughs> yeah, nah, kind of holy. Mm-hmm. Ah, it was that uh, Da Vinci thing. It was the Angels and Demons yes. movie. Angels All right, there you go. There you, go. Yeah. you were right. All right, so uh, what was the uh, box office uh, breakout, Christy? Well, uh, Angels and Demons wasn't all that heavenly. <laughs> no. <laughs> every week, no, don't, don't. Every week it's some new cliche that they come up with to describe no. these things. Um, you know, the original Da Vinci Code Wait, opened... no, how, how about this one? How about this? Angels and Demons says halo to the number one spot. <laughs> I like that. Was that a fake laugh? Was that a <laughs> was that a fake morning show laugh you just did there? I don't know. Maybe we should do it again. But you know what? You're you're so good at it, it's unnoticeable. All right, no, no, no. Um, hold on. We'll I'll, I'll demonstrate how you do like a. Hey, Sarah, do you want to do like a wacky morning show laugh when I say this? I don't think I can. Who can do? Tim, can you do a, a fake morning show laugh here? Of course I can. Okay, yes. okay. Hold on. Uh, should I do the same joke again? Because it right. was so good. Hey, uh, so this just in. Looks like uh, Angels and Demons. That said, halo to the number one spot. <laughs> that was creepy just now. That was like a weird Burger King. That was sort of like the Crypt right Keeper. There. Seriously. All right. Uh, you know, I'm I'm even bored talking about Angels and Demons. I'm sorry. But well, because I mean, it, it's just like one of those. Who it, the heck it, wants to see this movie? The damn, the damn Brown novels, and he did the Da Vinci Code as well. Yeah. They seem sort of critic-proof in this sense, in that... There does seem to be a particular kind of person who read, and I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying the, the book. They're not, they're not for me. Uh, I read the Da Vinci Code, and I just I, I felt dumber at the end of it. I just I got about halfway through it, and I I got tired of each chapter being about three pages long. And it sort of felt like reading that. I it, it was like it was like living flowers for Algernon, <laughs> where it's like by the end of it. By the end of it, I was I was uh, incapable of feeding myself, and I was drooling everywhere. Um, but yeah. there is a certain kind of person who reads those damn brown books because, and it, and I think it's also it's the same kind of uh, it's the same kind of demographic that's really into like conspiracy theories. Well, yeah, and this has got conspiracy theory and sort of you know conspiracy religion theory, right. which I don't understand why this is suddenly such a potent combination. Did but Tom Hanks it is. in this movie still have that weird uh, the weird hair. That he, remember the, in the Da Vinci Code, which embarrassingly enough, I saw the film. Having seen the movie, I, or having read the book, I then saw the film for reasons that elude me now. I know, but me too. he remember he had that weird hair that was going on in the first. I don't know if it was like a like a uh, uh, like a. Uh, uh, a wig of some kind, or oh, like they the just weird flowy weave thing. Yeah, but it was like a weave, or they'd Bad. ironed it or something. It was so. It was possibly the worst hair in movie history. It and, was, and that's Bad. a high bar. It was bad. and It was distracting. That was the it other was thing about it. It was. It was unbelievable. You kept looking at it, waiting for it to fall off or yeah, something. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I mean, the minute he walked on screen, you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because he was, just looked ridiculous. Yeah. So, and I guess in the Angels and Demons, the first time you see him, Aaron Durant said that like he's in a very 
form-fitting Speedo? Yes, I think he wanted to show people that he'd lost a little bit of the flab, and certainly he does have a new haircut on this one. But it did not translate to superior box office no, numbers because no, it, it only not. made $48 million, which, you know, that's a lot of money to you and me. But for a supposed blockbuster, $48 million is kind of... Yeah. And it certainly isn't a patch on the seventy-seven million that the Da Vinci Code made. No. And so then, the, so the big question now is how did so Star Trek is number two? How did it? I mean, relative week to week, how did Star Trek hold up? Well, as I, full of you know pompous certitude, predicted last week, the movie has legs because it only fell off about forty-three to forty-five percent. There's two conflicting reports that I saw um, in its second weekend, which is considered really, really strong. So that means the word of mouth is is very is exceptionally good on it. Unlike the word of mouth on X-Men Origins Wolverine, which kind of keeps falling, sliding, slipping down the scale, it only made about $14.8 million Here's weekend. the thing about Wolverine is that I, the, I only know people who fall into two camps on this. I know people who have not seen Wolverine, and I know people who saw it and loathed it. Like, I, <laughs> I have yet to meet... I, I'm sure that there's somebody somewhere who's like, it's awesome, it's everything that a film experience should be. I don't know any of those people. I haven't met that person. No. Every single person I've talked to is like, no, I have no interest. Or, boy, I saw that and I just sat there and just wanted to, you know, just wanted to you know, just be somewhere else the whole time. Everybody I know saw it actively. It's not even like they were indifferent. They actively loathed the film. They actively disliked it and the whole time. And Star Trek, just the opposite. Everybody I've talked to who's seen it, you know, loves it, wants to see yep. it again. I mean, there's a, a few little, you know, disagreeing voices out there in the New Yorker, but, you know. <laughs> She says angrily and with <laughs> ill-concealed contempt. Anthony Lane, you're wrong. But that's a little inside peeve. Well, my, you're, you're probably the only Portlander who reads the New Yorker. You, you are aware of that. Some sort of journalistic slap fight happening here. Why don't you take on that woman who does the splendid table on NPR while you're at it? You barefoot contessa! Jesus. I know, it could get it could get really ugly if what you, you get on my bad say side. about that? <laughs> Um, the other thing is, is that Tim was talking about management. Now, I got to tell you, honestly, I was looking at the box office reports that came in yesterday. I totally forgot that management even opened. No, it, was it opened, so it far it down opened the all list. over the suburbs here anyway. Yeah. Well, it was in limited release, but it did so badly. It certainly wasn't in the top five. I think it was, you know, clumping around. So this isn't there. one of those limited releases where it's like it only played in 100 theaters, but it had a box, but a, like a per screen average of 10 grand or something. No, it had a pretty pitiful per screen average. I did see that. So It, it was a bad experience. I mean, <laughs> even even going to the restroom, somebody dumped a big box of popcorn in a stall. Why did they bought popcorn into a stall with them? Ew. Uh, well, that's what that'll be my memory forever of seeing management that somebody did that. Just walking into a bathroom and there's just corn littered all over the place where you're just, you know, and wondering, again, as you said, like, why would you bring that with you? I exactly. mean, yeah. I can't have this out can't of my sight wait? for even a moment. I, I mean, I mean, somebody's doing that and reaching with the other hand into a box of popcorn to eat it. And then they had to finish something. So they dropped the popcorn on the floor because they needed both hands. Why? Yeah, there's an image I don't want to carry with me. Thanks the rest so of the much day. for putting that inside <laughs> my head. I thank you. That's great. All right. Well, so management does start Tim Riley's automobile, though. So, uh, which I'm very impressed by. It was in it for at least 30 seconds. Wow. First scene. Awesome. At some and point, then after that, it went downhill. And they changed license plates. So at some point, we'll have to get a screen capture of it, and then we'll, we'll put we can put a picture of it up. Uh, so you can maybe we'll, we can take pictures with the car. You know, after the show today. <gasps> totally. Uh, the, as <laughs> seen in management. <laughs> exactly. As seen in. It'll be like a. It'll be like a Night Rider. You know what I mean? Where you and your car can send back fan letters with like a, just a big tire tread across it as a signature. That'd be terrific. Excellent. Wonderful.
All right. Well, that's so. That's the uh, the weekend box office. Uh, what's is uh, what's coming up in the Oregonian? Christy Turnquist, pop culture writer. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, last week I made a uh, trip down to the lovely Medford area to talk to Christy Lee Cook, who you may remember was on American Idol last season. Yes. And she's still down in Southern Oregon. She's still hanging with her horses. She's quite the cowgirl. So I'm going to be catching up with Christy Lee Cook, uh, sort of time to coincide with the finale of this year's American Idol, which is Wednesday. Is it true that, I mean, I, you know, I don't really watch American Idol that much, but is it true that Simon Cowell, because he makes these noises about leaving, but I was wondering if that's just part of that, like the, his contract is up. And so it's a lot of like, well, I might not even come back. Give me more money. And yeah. where they it just sort of, although Paula Abdul just copped to the fact that she had we had that, those insane sound bites of Paul Abdul going, I've never been drunk in my life. I've never been drunk. And it was like literally like 48 hours later. She was like, I've been a junkie for 12 years, which I figure is her not wanting to leave, but that's her wanting to stay. And she must figure that that is like, they can't fire yeah. you right after you admit that you've got a problem. Yeah, that's her get out of jail. They've got card. like, you know, the first time that's like you're where you get the one pass at yeah. that. So yeah. excellent. What day will that be uh, running? Uh, I believe that will be this Wednesday. Excellent. So uh, Christy Lee, uh, Christy, Lee Cook. Christy <laughs> Turnquist. Uh, and I'll be singing also. <laughs> yeah, you can't read Christy Lee Cook anywhere, I would imagine. Um, Christy Turnquist, read her in print in the Oregonian or online at the or- at uh, OregonLive.com. Excellent. Thank you for joining us, Christy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's 503-228-4. 101. Straight ahead, Santa Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. And we'll get the rest of Greg Nibbler's MC Hammer story. And I still have to feel Sarah's glance. We'll do that when we come back. We'll do that before we even talk to Lisa. We'll do that first. Oh, joy. All right. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUF. Who's to know if your soul will fade at all? Oh. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. Coming up, we have the news with Tim Riley. Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. And I'll be putting my hands on Sarah Dillon's glands. Will you stop that? I just wanted the chance to rhyme there. I don't get to rhyme enough on this show. Or dance. I want to dance. Here's David Lee Roth and Van Halen. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO on Monday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show at KUFO.com. Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what news uh, will you have for the people? Well, we're going to talk about these two planes that collided in Burlington, Washington. One was doing acrobatics, and nobody was hurt. Everybody just walked away. Then there was a, uh, a plane that had to make an emergency landing because it was a truck parked too close to the runway in the small town, oh Washington County, believe it or not. Uh, some people heckle, Ob- heckle Obama at Notre Dame, but a lot of people boo the hecklers. And a Washington teacher is charged with sexting a student. All right. So we'll uh, talk to a CNN radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, a woman. Oh, by the way, as I was driving down, uh, I was like on 39th and Belmont. Like there's that Walgreens uh, that's right there by uh, there's the Walgreens. And then there's a, a gas station or something. It's like if you're going to Movie Madness, it's the greatest thing where I guess they were selling like a Walgreens. It was like Walgreens brand something or other that was on sale. It was like Walgreens brand cheese or something. 
But it was the reader board where you put up all the letters one by one. Oh, I saw that they had Sham Wows on sale the other day. There was they had Sham Wows on sale. That place is great. You go there for like anything, like the Ped oh. Egg or the Obama plates, where his uh, confident smile and kind eyes can look at your uh, family from a dinner plate. The um, anyway, but there was like Walgreens brand something that was on sale, but like let, but the wind or the whatever had blown some of the letters off, and so it actually just said. Al Green on sale now, which I thought was wonderful. I was wondering if it was like a two for one thing. Like if you, you know, like if I get one Al Green, can I get like a, you know, can I get like another one that sort of comes along? Like, do I get like a let's stay together and like a, you know, um, I'm still in love with you, you know, for the same price. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hello. How are you? I am great. How are you? Are you really, truly? You sound like you're great, like you're not just saying it. You sound like as though it might actually be the case. It, it, it really is. It was, a, it was a great weekend. I, I actually, for the first time in my life, saw Lawrence of Arabia, which was it was a, it was a two-parter, some on Saturday, some on Sunday, um, and gave away some gravel to someone on Craigslist. So it was great. You gave away gravel to someone on Craigslist. So Right. Well, let's back up for one thing. First of all, I know I'm an awful person. I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, I'm a, I was, I was, I was as you were just two days ago. I, Lauren, I went to, uh, I forget where we were. We were at, uh, we were at the movies a while back, and we were seeing something or other. We were seeing like a reissue of some film, and they, the trailer before it was, you know, like the, the legendary film, now remastered or you know whatever, re, you know, cleaned up and polished and looking sparkly <laughs> and up. dandy and yeah, and you know Lawrence of Arabia. And we both kind of went, oh, that's Lawrence of Arabia. And it was like the weird thing where we were both, neither of us <laughs> wanting to admit that, like, you know, I haven't seen that. And it's just, neither have I. And it turned out that neither of us have seen Lawrence of Arabia. And, and so let me ask you this dumb question. Worth watching? Oh, completely worth uh, watching. Yeah, and, I, and I think there's a whole pocket of us out there because Jason had never seen it. There, I, you know, and I'm a big old movie buff, and I'd never. I think I'd fallen asleep during a very an early attempt. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, But I'd say the first half of the movie is, is maybe the better half, but the whole thing is fantastic. All right. I, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you always hear, you know, it's like, like I hadn't seen Gunga Din for the longest time. And finally <laughs> I was like, you know, it's like after hearing everybody, like I, I realized I had to, I had to watch it just so I could uh, no longer be afraid that it was going to come up in conversation with movie snobs, you know, and then, I, and then my ignorance is revealed. Um, Which is longer, the poem or the movie on that one? I just All I know is that, like, William Goldman, who was the screenwriter who made, I mean, he wrote everything from Butch Cassidy to Misery to The Princess Bride. Um, he, you know, he kept praising it. And, and then I was at, like, it seemed like I was at three gatherings in a row where a bunch of film dorks would start talking about it. I'm like, I just don't want to feel like an idiot. <laughs> Wait, you gave away gravel on Craigslist. First of all, like, yeah. where was all this gravel to begin with? Like, why did you have it? I know. It was the most random thing. We had the people who owned our house before us, I think, wanted to make a really nice backyard path. But uh -huh. I think they quit after they put the gravel down because then you put the path on top of the gravel. Uh -huh. So we just had a ton of gravel back there. And we actually put a path, but we had more gravel than we needed. So we had a giant pile of gravel and let me took i took a very unflattering photo of it and put it on craigslist people are still calling everybody wants the gravel you know what you can get rid of anything on craigslist <laughs> uh my wife literally had like it was something like a broken waffle iron she's like you know she put it on craigslist like but the broken waffle iron you know come by if you want it and like three different people called like i want your broken waffle iron wait is it still there hold it don't let anybody take it so. I'm coming. Yeah, there was, a guy came from almost an hour away to get the be the first one to get the gravel. Excellent. Yeah. Here's a question: How do they make gravel? Oh, I don't know. I mean, is it just? I I, I don't. I'm sure there's many. There's probably many different kinds. I'm gonna write this down. Wait. How do they make gravel? I mean, I would think you just take a rock and 
How do they make gravel? Uh, Let me ask you this about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Yes. I mean, I don't know anything about her really as a person or what sort of personality uh, she has. But it does seem like there's a there's a bit of a blood in the water sense around her right now, because everybody's sensing that she is lying on some level or at least not being totally forthcoming about whether she knew they were uh, torturing people. It is a tricky matter. She says that when she, she was briefed by the CEA, CEA, CIA, that they only told her, hey, we've got this process that's called waterboarding, but uh, we're, not, we're not using it. We're not going to use it. We're just letting you know we've got it, and we're not using it. Others who were briefed during that same time, in fact, one man who was in that same briefing, Porter Goss, said, no, that's not true, that they, they were told specifically that the waterboarding was in use, and there's a CIA memo that also says they were told that. So, you know, a lot of folks say, well, wait a minute, you're, you're the only one, you, maybe you don't remember, what's the problem? She insists she was not told that she was misled. Adding to the confusion, now a Republican, Bob Graham, who was also briefed at the same time, Bob Graham of Florida, he says he also, like Pelosi, was not told it was in use. So, you kind of got now Pelosi's getting a little bit of help from Bob Graham on this subject. Meanwhile, everybody else is saying, no, who do you believe, Nancy Pelosi or the CIA? And Pelosi, I think her performance in her press conference last week didn't help her uh, kind of convey that she is the one telling the truth. She insists, insists that she is. But now you've got Newt Gingrich, you're right, smelling blood, calling ironically enough from him, for for a censure, saying that maybe it's time for her to be censured and maybe she'll have to step down. I don't think that's going to happen. But you're right, Republicans are all over this. This just seems like one of those things that, that they, as a bunch of people got together in a room at one point and decided to eat, you know, to do this or to not do it or whatever. But a bunch of people got, they all had the discussion, but they just, it was one of those big, endless uh, meetings that they had where they figured that it would just never come to light. That it's like, this meeting will always be secret yeah. and no one will ever find out what we talked about here. And so then it's sort of like the the blanket being thrown back and, you know, and you kind of see what's underneath. And uh, and they're just, and now you're waiting for like, the, with the cigarette companies, now you're waiting for the memo to come out, yes. you know, that has Nancy Pelosi's signature saying, yes, beat them senseless and waterboard them until they're dead. Signed, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you just, you, one gets. Waterboarding, check. Yeah, yeah. You, like you get the feeling that that's imminent, that there's going to be like a, you know, like a videotape of her saying, I absolutely approve of this explicitly <laughs> and with no reservations. Me, Nancy Pelosi, I approve. Glad you're using it right now yeah Ugh. all right it, 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 who know we don't know the truth i'm not sure we're ever going to know the truth on this one it, it's back and forth but it's not great for nancy pelosi that she's even being questioned to this degree uh, that her integrity is on the line and uh, a lot of people think she's not standing up to it even though you know really it's a he said she said there's as many voices on her side as on the other all right then on that note i'm glad you had a fantastic weekend and uh, have a uh, have a great day we will talk to you very soon lisa okay you too i think lisa desjardins all right um We've got these two calls. A uh, guy can explain gravel and how it's made, or guy says I ruined his weekend. Oh, I like the second one. All right. Uh, so gra- I don't really care much about gravel, but no. I do. So gravel guy, hang on. That's Alan. Alan, hang on, right, and we'll. Do you I, I guess guy? we don't. I guess we don't win this one. We don't win. All right. What? You no, said the second one. Yeah. <laughs> right. No about right. the gravel well, thing. That's what I'm saying. So we'll take. We won't take that one quite yet. We'll okay. take the second. We will take the second call that I mentioned, which is the guy saying I ruined his weekend. We'll get that one. I do care about gravels, but but, but we'll get this other thing first. Um, so gravel guy, hang on. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. I, uh, I ruined your weekend. Yes, you did indeed. I was perusing the local bookstore and came across the book uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. John Krakauer. John Krakauer. And I thought, you know, Rick has talked about this. this should be an uplifting tale. 
And uh, about two-thirds of the way through the book, I was wondering why I hate myself and why I'm subjecting myself to uh, to reading this book. But it, it is bar none the most terrifying story I have ever read. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, it's it, it, let's be clear about a couple things. One, everything I recommend is—nothing is, is uh, nothing I recommend to read is uplifting. I don't really recommend uplifting books most of the time. Um, right. Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer, who wrote Into the Wild and he wrote Into Thin Air. It is the uh, the story of the rise. It's two things: the, the history of the Mormon Church and then the rise of uh, Christian, specifically Mormon fundamentalism. True story takes place largely in the recent past, and you are absolutely right. It is a terrifying book. I mean, it will it will just scare the bejesus out of you, really. So, well, after after reading uh, In the Heart of the Sea, which you also recommended, reading this, uh, um, I guess I, I'll know the frame of mind that I should be in when. Uh, <laughs> Starting to read a book that, uh, that you've recommended. Yeah, but, uh, I tend to uh, to list towards the darker side of things. Yes. Well, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a good one, and uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since you got on the FM side, but I've really uh, enjoyed the show and uh, wish you uh, a good amount of success. Excellent, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, thank All you, right, my friend. All right, that is uh, Greg. Um, yeah, Under the Banner of Heaven is uh, is really a uh, is really a great great book. It's uh, it's quite something, and. It, it, it just uses the Mormon Church as a microcosm for the for religion in America and the rise of religious fundamentalism. Maybe the best thing I've ever read about the Mormon Church. Truly, I would say objective and unbiased, but but, but gripping. And then in the heart of the sea is a whole different kettle of fish, so to speak. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, hello, uh, Alan. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Oh, I just was going to explain the gravel process. You just drop big boulders from a piece of heavy equipment into a jaw that's like your teeth that crushes them down. And then it goes through a conveyor through screens to the different size rocks that you're looking for, drop through the different size screens, and it comes out on conveyor belt. So this is like it a goes ro- a rock blender. Basically, yes. It goes through like that thing in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, where there's the big rolling pressing things and the the belt, and it crushes it down into smaller and smaller sizes. And then as it's crushed, various sizes drop through, and the larger pieces are remained. Yes, and the larger ones just come back through and go through basically another one of these mixer things that uh, it's kind of an oblong thing in a, in a bowl that hits the sides and anything that's smaller than what it's supposed to be falls through and anything that's bigger, it crushes it even farther down and then the bigger pieces just keep cycling through. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend. See, I'm a little bit smarter than I, uh, than I was before. All right. I, uh, I appreciate you clarifying that for me. Not a problem. All right, thank you. There you go. That is uh, that is Alan, uh, the gravel guy, ladies and gentlemen. If you do squish it, it does have a a, a reaction. Uh, it emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, coming up in a few moments, we have Jimi Hendrix plus Tim Riley. Not Jimi Hendrix plus Tim Riley. You know what I'm talking about. Say there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. See, now when I hear that song, I'm just thinking about uh, what's it, Night Owl and the, and the guy, Rorschach, uh, going to uh, Ozymandias's lair. No, not Ozymandias. No, but you I know thought, what I'm talking about? The guy, right. Adrian Velt, Velt, Veit. Right. Yeah, I, Adrian. Anyway, the Watchmen thing where they're like, you know, and they're all like in the weird, he's in like the weird uh, snow owl outfit. <laughs> just like on, like a moped or something. So first I thought you were talking about the Vietnam scenes. That's a different song, though. That's, that's a different uh, song in the movie Watchmen. That is, um, I don't remember now. Yeah. You know, it's just pointless. Anyway, uh, there's just really no point in having this discussion. It just is so completely far afield from whatever. 
so Jimi Hendrix all along the uh, watchtower. So I have this great email. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll say it's from Jeff, and it says, uh, Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce, I am that guy. And by that guy, um, he's talking about the guy that goes and buys the entire supply, and then you go there, and there's none left, and it's because of him. And he said that he was going to buy Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce, which is a proud uh, you know, partner of the Rick Emerson Show, and it's fantastic. It is a, kind of a southwestern uh, Caribbean blend. It's got tomato. It's got vinegar. It's got habanero pepper, of course. It's got uh, a, a whole lot of uh, spices that are sort of blended together, and you can sense when you taste it. I mean, you put it on something, and you can sense... That it's all natural. It's not the chemicals. It's not the, the flavor that's come out of a test tube somewhere. It's the real deal, and it's wonderful. And he went to the store, and he said, bought myself a bottle. Then I realized my wife also loves spice, and she sometimes takes her lunch to work. Bought her a bottle. Also bought a bottle for my father. And then while I was out, I decided I needed a backup bottle. I left, and the shelf was empty. So if you go... There we go. I just had, like, a little phlegm thing there. A little bleeping sound. It was because I just uh, coughed right into the microphone. It's altogether unpleasant. No one needs to hear that. He says, so if you go to the store and you find a big space on the shelf, he says, I have purchased all the Secret Aardvark. And you know what? It is wonderful. So you do yourself a favor. You go to secretardvark.com and you find out uh, where they sell it and uh, where they serve it restaurant-wise. Buy yourself two bottles because you're going to go to the first one and it's going to be gone and you're going to need more. So Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. All right, so your glands. Am I going to have to... Uh, yes, me... they're feeling a little bit better now. They're better than this morning, but it's still a little right, well, swollen. Let me walk over to the other side of the board. Your glands here. and you. <laughs> All right, in the meantime, in between time, this, however, is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 8:47. Gonna still be close to 80 degrees today, cooling off tomorrow. An explosion in fire at a Beaverton PGE plant leaves 16,000 without power on the hottest weekend of the year so far. It broke out shortly after three yesterday afternoon at Shoals Ferry Road and Murray Boulevard as Beaverton baked in 80-degree temperatures. The Rose Festival is struggling to find sponsors this time around. There's a quarter-million-dollar hole after 30% of last year's benefactors decided not to commit to this year's festivities. One example, Washington Mutual. They had a six-figure commitment. It dried up when the bank went under. Maybe this means that uh, we could sponsor it, Tim, like, you know, like us. That would like, be fantastic. Cool our, uh, cool our pocket change. All right, hold on. I'm going to feel Sarah Dillon's glands. Okay, don't push too hard, though. Right don't break her glands. What, uh, it's right there. What happens if I push too hard? I don't oh. know. It'll hurt. We, we don't want to find that out. All right, where is it? Yeah, it's right there. You look, right. I have to use two fingers. Right there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's Isn't totally, that gross? That's hella sweet. Mm. No, it's really, it's it's not natural. Uh, it's, it's, and I don't know what I could do. Like, do they have, like, a glands arrest at some strip mall that special specializes yeah, in glands? I gargled the salt water this morning to try and, like, that's help it. That's packed with germs. Ugh. I know. How gross is that? So. All right. Yeah. A Castle Rock, Washington teacher is accused of sexting. It's a new affair where the kids send explicit text messages to try to get to know each other on a more intimate basis. This time, the high school teacher, Dustin King, is charged with communicating with a minor for moral purposes. His bail set at $40,000. He was sending sexplicit messages? I suppose that could be true. Ah! Well, Ted Kennedy continues to live. A source close to the family tells the Boston Herald initially they gave Ted Kennedy 90 days to live. Well, they said that time and time again. With the passage of a year, he just keeps on going without missing a beat. Ted Kennedy will be with us forever. Yes? Nothing. Are we done with the Kennedy? Have we got more? I can... No, we're all done. Oh. 
but thanks for asking. Okay. It's back to you. What? I thought, I, no, 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 I was asking, <laughs> well, this is a fine way to end the show. So, no, 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 I was asking, is there more Kennedy news? Because no, I've got your, uh, okay. So the, the, That the, was the end of the story. Okay. I can play another song if you want. Oh, wait, are we done with the, okay, we're done with the news it, it, itself, not just with the Kennedy story. Well, if you want me to be, I can keep going if you want. I don't I know hear, what's going on I want to hear more about the sexting stuff. All right, I'm no, sorry. I, I think it's time for us to leave. <laughs> Oh, Monday. You know, I love to uh, I love to leave the show with sort of a is a kind of a feeling at the end. So, uh, well done, Rick Emerson. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tomorrow we will have the verdict in the MySpace harassment trial, and uh, we'll find out the what sentence or the, the sentencing anyway. We know the verdict. We'll find out the sentence on that. Uh, also, tomorrow we'll be joined by Don Taylor from Cinematical and Katie Darrell from TMZ. We also want to thank Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, the gatekeeper Dave's in. The webmistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s coming up at 9 with your good friend Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Monday, May 18th. Uh, night. I was going to say 2009. <laughs> I know I missed a chance to be relatable and local by talking about the Mount St. Helens um, anniversary today, but, you know, it's what I do. That is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.